Warning, this podcast was produced by two men who still think that swearing is both big and clever. As a result, it contains quite a lot of it. Therefore, this podcast is not suitable for children, unless they're really fucking cool children. Yes, yes, people, it's Dave Fensom here with another episode of Pop Collaborate and Listen. This week, we're talking about one of my favourite albums, which is Madonna's Immaculate Collection. Let's see if Christopher and I agree on this one, and if we didn't, whether I had to kill him. Uh, spoilers? I didn't. But anyway, guys, I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Keep in touch, as always, all the various social medias. We had some nice feedback on our Elton John special, as I say, Madonna this week. And uh, yeah, what's been going on in my life? Uh, Brighton Fringe is in full swing. We've just had the first weekend. I've gone... Absolutely, man. I've done 12 gigs in uh, four days and I'm just heading off now to do my uh, 13th. So, unlucky for some. My show, ADH Dave, on Sunday was completely sold out. So, uh, if any of you who are listening to this were there, thank you very, very much for coming along. Uh, I've got another three each Sunday, 8.15. If you're only about during the daytime, we're running on the Edge Comedies at 12.45 on Saturday and Sunday with an extra show at 5.45 uh, on the Sunday as well. All of these are taking place at the Carolina Brunswick all of them are free entry with donations at the end um, I'm doing loads and loads and loads of other open spots running gigs bits and pieces uh, particularly the, the late show at the Warren keep your eye on my Facebook page to see what's going on uh, and I hope to see some of you guys down uh, for now though please enjoy this Madonna special which is uh, the last thing that we've got until next week's uh, best of 1990 anyway take care <laughs> collaborate and listen episode 14 i'm dave fensom i'm christian greer and we are here with another special episode for you as you know we have finished all the number one albums of 1990 uh so yeah we're t- today we're going to be talking about the immaculate collection by madonna yes we have already said previously as you know that we don't do the compilation albums in full because that's not the point of this podcast we want to try and get into the actual artist albums but Dave is a massive Madonna fan. I'm a massive Madonna fan, mate. And this is... I mean, there are a couple of reasons why this is noteworthy as well. This is the biggest selling record of the year. Well, yes, it was. It was, Even though it only came out in late November 1990, it became the biggest selling album of that year. Yeah, and obviously we've spoke ad infinitum about how big that Phil Collins album was. Not even the biggest album of the year. Yeah, that's weird. And that is weird. That is really, really weird. How many weeks on number one was this, do you know? This was nine weeks in a row. Into 1991. Into January 91. Okay, fair enough. Okay, and obviously what this was, was um, the greatest hits album put together basically off of the first four albums, mm-hmm. um, which is quite early for anyone to be putting out a Greatest Hits album, you would imagine, in some way, shape or form. But, you know, we, what we got here is a 17-track record. Mm-hmm. Two of those are brand new tracks recorded for this. Yep. But then you've got 15 tracks culled off of four albums making the Greatest Hits. And a couple of odds and sods. And a couple of odds and sods, yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, notably there's... There are songs that aren't on here from other projects. There's nothing from Who's That Girl album on here. Is there not? 
No, Who's That Girl soundtrack, the the two singles on there would have been Who's That Girl and Causing a Commotion. Oh, I see, okay. So right. there's nothing on there. So it's re- it really is oh, just okay. from, as I say, I mean, you've got, there's a couple of soundtrack bits on here. Yeah, got a little bit. But yeah, you've got stuff from first album, Madonna, second album, Like a, uh, like a Virgin, mm-hmm. third album, True Blue, fourth album, Like a Prayer. Strictly speaking, there is a track from I'm Breathless on there yes. as well. Yeah. But... That was never a song that was particularly designed to go on that record. It doesn't fit on the rest of that record either. We'll talk about right, that sure. when we get to it. And in, so, in terms of Madonna albums, the, uh, the first one, self titled, yep. came out in what, 83? 84? Yes, I'd have to look it up. I think, I, mean, the, I know the, no, I the first that, single was 83. Right, yeah. That so, makes sense. Um, were you aware of Madonna in 1983? Yes. Yeah? I think so. You well, were, I mean, I, I don't. I, can't tell you exactly because I mean I was young I was like yeah. uh, seven yeah sure so uh, but obviously you know Madonna was all over the TV right I think maybe Like a Virgin Madonna is really what I remember which is a second record mm-hmm. but I, you know I'm fairly sure I'd heard you know yeah. I don't think you've really escaped you know kind of holiday oh no if you're watching Top of the Pops yeah of course you, it was going to seep in there but you wouldn't have classed yourself as a Madonna fan from no, the, the, not the very first. No, not record. until a little bit later. About yourself, man. What was your Madonna experience? Um, I, I was aware of Madonna in the same way as it was just part of music in that, that time period. You're listening to Radio One or you're watching Double Pops. Sure, I was aware of it, but wasn't a, a fan. Wasn't particularly into the stuff. I wouldn't have wanted to own any of those albums. Right. In, okay. in the same way, I've I would have wanted to own. I don't even know what the time in 83, 84, probably Michael Jackson singles or something like that. I wouldn't have really cared that, that much. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think I actually owned a Madonna record until Like a Prayer. I don't right, think. okay. But I, mean, I had them. I had them on tapes and stuff. Well, indeed, yeah, they're on compilations and shit like that, too. Yeah. But so, anyway, so... Um, uh, obviously, this was a great sit album. They didn't use the original versions of the songs. They remixed everything, didn't they? Yeah, there's a lot of different mixes as opposed to the, the single or album versions, which I wasn't aware of till I looked into this because I have never owned the Immaculate Collection. Mm-hmm. I've never listened to the Immaculate Collection properly. That's insane. No, I just never had to. Well, well, I, I mean, you, you don't have to. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 not, like, it's not, you know, it's not a, a chore. It's a... no. But it's, because her stuff is everywhere, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's. I never felt the need to have it in one place like that. I see. I listen to this record all the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. As I say, I mean, we're, there's no great degree of secrecy in going into this. So, you know, this isn't where we're going to go through a record and I'm going to magically discover something about it. Yeah. I know this album backwards, right? And I love this album. I I think this is. People will disagree with this and look, fuck them. But I think this is the the best. Most solid greatest hits record, really, of any artist. I, I defy anyone to come up with a better group of songs, okay, by an artist over a period of time than this. I think this is a remarkable body as well. Oh, it really is. And it, it obviously, like you say, there are some bits that aren't on here that were mm. part of her oeuvre. They have cherry picked the best stuff, but this is a fucking great best yeah, yeah. stuff. But yeah. I mean, what I think is interesting is this isn't even every single she released. No, you know, you know, you got no True Blue on here. Yeah, you got no Dear Jesse on here. Well, you, yeah. Uh, no, shout out to shout out to Captain Luton. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's, that's his that's his favorite song. Wow. Yeah, Pink Elephants and Lemonade. 
Whatever. Did Jesse hear the laughter raining on the love parade? There's something wrong with some people. Well, that's a great song. I, I really like that song. It sticks out a bit on uh, Like a Prayer, mm. which is further kind of strident kind of <laughs> the religious and sexual. Yeah, and it, it, is a, it is a song to, to, to a little girl. Yeah. But, um, but in terms of uh, the uh, how big an album this was again, it was number one for nine weeks mm-hmm. in the UK. It actually only it picked up two in the States. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. But I imagine it sold a ton of them, you know. Oh, yeah, Again, this would have been at the same time when Vanilla Isis album came out, so I imagine that was probably number one over there. Well, fuck me. So that oh, anyway, kept... she did fuck him, didn't well, she? Well, indeed. Yeah. I was going to say, that might have kept her off, but yes. Well, maybe that's, you know. Uh, and in the States, it was in the charts for 141 weeks. Yeah. Right? And so it just kept on selling. So 10 million copies overall. Mm-hmm. Um, it, Like I say, it became the biggest selling album of 1990 in the UK. Pretty much instantly. It sold three and a half million copies in the UK. And it is still the 13th biggest selling album of all time in the UK. Nice. You know, so, you know t- nearly 30 years on. Listen, listen huge. Uh, and it's, uh, I mean, it goes between 12 and 13 as well. It was a bit yeah. of a... A fight between it and Amy Winehouse's Back in Black. Is that right? Is that okay? Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, tra- it's traded places a few times. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, this is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, just in terms of how many records this has sold worldwide, mm-hmm. this is certified sales of thirty million records worldwide. Wow. wow, thirty million records. How many people are there in the UK? I mean, I don't know that. I don't, I don't know, know sixty-five million. There you go. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. You know, and that and that doesn't count everyone that's taped it. Oh, oh streamed, yeah, yeah. definitely. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, you know, that's... I mean, I've, I mean, I've owned this album about three times. I had a, a vinyl copy that I lost. I think I've lost the CD. And, I've, so and you've, I've, you've yeah, got it again. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, and I was, whilst going through this, I was going, I'm going to buy this on vinyl, and I am at some point. So, yeah. yeah I bet you there's a lovely remaster of it somewhere. I bet you there yeah. is, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, so okay. this is an enormous record by any marker. It really is. Huge. And, and speaking of the, the record itself, you've got the CD there. Yep. In your hands. So let's have a, yeah, let's let's start as we do with the the album cover. Uh huh. Doesn't actually do much for me. Not me either. Is it's it? not I, a great cover. I think this is a really ignominious kind of beginning, isn't it? Yes, it's, definitely. If you saw it on the shelf and you didn't see Madonna or whatever, you would just completely brush past it. It's just not a great piece of design. I, no. they've gone for something simplistic. I mean, what's that? Is, is, is that corsetry or something like that? It's, it's it's kind of like a coat of arms almost, isn't it? Oh, I see. Yeah, it's got a kind of a bit of a pageantry feel about it. Sure, it, in a very muted light blue color. Yeah, there, there's no pizzazz to it. No, there, there is. This does not scream Madonna to no. me at all. They're trying to go down a stylish route, yeah. rather than a fun route. Mm-hmm. Well, I suppose in 1990 she was trying to maybe get away from the pop image that she used to have and was becoming a more mature artist or something. Well, she's becoming a very dirty artist. Well, definitely. Point, she was, okay, she had a, a mature as in she was an adult performer or something. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, we... we yeah, we'll we'll, get we'll, into we'll, we'll discuss all that. But yeah, so I, I don't think it's a great album cover. Some nice no. photographs within the album cover. Some fairly oh, yeah. iconic pictures of... Oh, it's just magic looking, ears. looking magi. No, no, it's this. It's a, a very specific photo shoot. It's her oh, there in the in the gents standing yes. in front of a urinal with Lovely. a with a wig on, uh, holding a mirror. She's um, in Wigan. She's in Wigan. Yeah, yeah that's good. right. Uh, <laughs> in the gents in Wigan. Yep, that's definitely where this was, was shot. You can tell because of feces smeared all over the walls. <laughs> Sorry, people at Wigan, don't at me. Um, yeah, here she is dressed like a flapper. Oh yes. 
Um, okay. Yep, definitely no jokes to be made there. No. <laughs> the little um, top hat on the floor. Oh, is it? Yes, it yeah. is. Right. Maybe she pulled a rabbit out of that. I don't know. I don't know what goes on in her mind. And mm. um, here is a picture of her looking moody, looking a bit droogy. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, clockwork yeah, orange. Smirking a fag. <laughs> she is. You rebel. Yeah. And, there, and here she is again. Another photo from the same shoot. Yeah. Uh, wearing the hat again. Just looking a bit sexy. Okay, yep. No, those are okay. Like, were, I'm surprised one of those could have been the album cover. That's not the way they went. No. So, it is what it is. What, what do we know about graphic design, mate? Exactly. Yeah, you've seen the fucking shit we put up on our Instagram and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't, <laughs> join in. Indeed. Right, okay, so, I guess we should start at the beginning. Right, yes. So, yeah, track one is Holiday. Uh, released in 1983, which was the first single, yes? Uh, well, it's the first single anyone really heard, but she did release uh, two singles called Everybody and Burning Up in 1982. Oh, right. Okay. Um, oh, basically, never even heard of they were songs that hit the US dance charts, they were club hits. Oh, right, because uh, right, I know she started off yeah. in that that area. Right, so okay. So, But Holiday was the first one that got her noticed then in the... Pop arena? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, that yeah, holiday. Uh, went to number 16 in the US. Uh huh. Uh, went to number two in the UK. Yeah. And, and this one, was this a double eight? No, it was going to be Lucky Star was released first, but then Holiday got picked up by radio in the US. Yeah. So the record label changed their plans and went with this as the first one. That's right. Yeah. Okay, right. Um, uh, we go. Uh, let's just play a little bit of this for shits and giggles. And that's the hook in it. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. where we're going with this. And then, great, yeah, <laughs> love that, love that. Oh, yeah, you know, this is, you know, this is a nice, simple, dance floor friendly kind of post disco mm-hmm. funk pop. I guess mm-hmm. you'd call it if you were looking at string a load of genres names together. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, this is this is as pure pop as she got, really, isn't it? I'm pretty much, yeah. It's, you know, early 80s, you're still feeling mm-hmm. the long death knell of disco. Yes. And what it's turning into in New York club music and how that will kind of morph itself into, you know, house and mm-hmm. more contemporary forms of dance music over the decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this is it's a nice, simple sentiment. We need a holiday. Can, oh, yeah. It, it really, I mean, it, it's simple is an understatement. This is... You know, absolute fluff. Oh, for sure. In terms of, uh, you know, lyrical content and ideas. Oh, yeah, no, this is, you know, this is not a thinking man's pop song. This is, give me something to dance to with a nice, with a nice vocal in it. And yeah, I mean, uh, this almost sounds to me like it is targeted at 10 year olds because it's got a sort of sing songy, that that, that course is so simplistic. It's uh, an attention getter though. Well, yes, and it worked very well for that. This was definitely uh, the right one to release because it got her on the map. Yeah. I, mean, I think this is a great song. Uh, it's not one of my. It's not in the upper echelons of my favourite Madonna songs. No, this definitely wouldn't be one of mine either. But I, but I, you know, it, it, okay it, it. It, it deserves its place on this compilation without a doubt. Well, it does, even just historically. Yeah, you know, as, as a starting point, this is where we came from. But you know, I, this is not a song that I ever skip. If it comes, oh, would it really? I think I would. No, I see. I never skip this. Funnily enough, like it, this is the. I've got a playlist of all-time greatest pop songs mm-hmm. on my Spotify and 
just because of how I hold it together, this is the first track on it. Oh, I so I, hit, I actually hear this quite often because you know I normally just I, I, you know I shuffle through it a bit. Yeah. Often just starts off that first track. Oh, I so I've heard I, I do hear this song loads. Yeah, and I'm not bored of it. Really? Oh, uh, see, uh, this is a bit too cheesy for me. Look, I, it hasn't dated well uh, for what I want. It reminds me, and obviously, when I say reminds me of, I mean the other people have imitated it. Uh, stuff like. You know, those Stardust, that fucking yeah. music sounds better with you, that mm-hmm. kind of filtered house. Thomas, Thomas Van Galter, yeah. yeah. And the, the, the really cheesy bits of Daft Punk that I don't like. It sounds like those in the cheesy synth world. I like that kind of great song. You know, I'll be the first person to admit as well, like, I am unable to divorce myself from how familiar these songs are to me. Sure. And it's, you know, I, that's one of the things I try. I tried to do this when I went through it and listened to it. I tried to be like, okay, if this came out today, would I like it or not? And I cannot do that. I've just no, because it's, it's, it's just too ingrained. It's too I much can't. Part I can't. Of you. you know, the, there is only so much critical separation I can make for that. And you know, so I, I declare that as a conflict of interest. Well, no, uh, that's indoors. yeah, that's understandable. I think that's okay. So yeah, you know, from a production point of view, this was uh, one of the Jelly Bean Benitez. Right. So was she going out with him at the time? Uh, Possibly. Poss- yeah, possibly. It was, it was like, on off. Like, it, was, it was like a two-year relationship. Okay. I think they had. She was living with uh, Stephen. Ray at the time and I think that's how she met John Benitez and oh, right, okay. or Jelly Bean as yeah. they could know him and obviously he's been involved in quite a lot of uh, the production he was actually the guy that overs- oversaw the whole production of this record the Immaculate Collection oh okay because uh, um, yeah, this what in terms of uh, choosing the mixes to do well they actually, they actually remixed pretty much all of the songs on this oh, okay they use this technology it's the first record that uses technology called Q Sound all right, and it's ba- it's basically like a, I mean, it's techie producery stuff. It's it's a, a form of enveloping surround sound using stereo, oh. from what I can gather. And it's, oh, it's, so it's, it's like just, updating of the originals. Yeah, it's supposed to be like I think they said if you sit in a sweet spot between the speakers, it's the music supposed to feel like it's surrounding you, kind of a layering technique or whatever. Because right. most of these versions aren't. As we said, they're not the album versions of these yes, songs. Yeah, they're all they're all remixed, and some of them were edited down for brevity. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and some of them definitely weren't, and some of them weren't. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get onto that yeah. with the next song. I think. Yeah. Um, so, so he's he's a a big figure over the certainly this period of Madonna, this early uh, incubation of yeah, uh, the, the, you know, well, this this as I say, the, the period covered by this record you know yeah. and you know that's that's one of the things you know you have to remark about madonna is it's it's who she's chosen to collaborate with mm-hmm. that often that makes the sounds of those records and you know <clears throat> it's those choices that have been very much her choices that have shaped her career um and i think with other kind of uh, pop stars you can be quite cynical say oh well you know they're, they're only as good as who they're working with yeah. but it's that you know Madonna's got a track history of being very, very particular, knowing who she's going after, being on that. Yeah. You know, and, you know, she was always ahead of the next sound for all this. That's what was going, um, you know, and I think the decline of that in the, the later years, possibly of her, her right, career is affected. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can only be on top for so long, I think. Sampled in the, the seminal rap classic, uh, Holiday Rap by MC Micah and DJ Sven. Oh, wicked, mate! Yeah, yeah you um, know that really broke a lot of hip hop. I think. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the big ones. Yeah. With the the we're we gonna ring rang a dong for a holiday. Way to Hollywood! Hey, check it out. These are the words we say. Yo, scream with us. We need a holiday. We gonna ring a rang a dong for a holiday. Put your arms in the air. Let me hear you. 
you say? We're gonna ring rang a dong for a holiday. Put your arms in the air, let me hear you say. We're gonna ring rang a dong for a holiday. Mike and Jean Swan were here to stay. We're gonna ring rang a dong for a holiday. Hey, check out the new stuff. Oh, ring rang a dong. We're gonna ring rang a dong for a holiday. I, I like some of his comedy. <laughs> Right, so we uh, track, two, track two. Yep. Yeah. Right, so track two is Lucky Star. So yeah. this was the one that was going to be the first one, but then was put back mm-hmm. to the second release. And this is, and I've got it on here. It says the US remix version. So I'm guessing this is one of the ones they yeah. chose to do. I suspect this takes a long while to get into oh, the yeah. song itself because this version is seven minutes long. Yeah, this is a ridiculous. I, I have no idea why they've gone with a seven-minute version. This is, you know, I love this song. Mm-hmm. I, I love this song a lot, but there is no need for it to be seven and a half minutes. The, sure. it, 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 I mean, it goes on forever. The intro, outro mm-hmm. of this. It must be like the 12-inch mix or something. I guess so. I don't understand why they've gone with this version of this song. No, because there must have been a radio edit. Yeah. And that's all you need on this. It's another, I would say, very basic pop fluff record. Without a doubt. I really like that twinkly, twinkly synth. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. Right. This is not Madonna's best vocal. No. I'm surprised, you know, she's a bit flat on this. Yeah. As I say, I'm a defender of this song, Mm -hmm. but there are, I I can see something, it's not a perfect song. Yeah, it's flawed, without a doubt. Uh, Yeah, I I don't have a huge amount to say about Lucky Star. No, uh, I guess it's one of those ones that is definitely an instantly recognisable hook again. Mm -hmm. You know, that chorus, uh, the vocal, you go, oh yeah, that's Lucky Star by Madonna. But again, if I were making my own best of Madonna, this would be nowhere close to it. You know, this this would be scrapped at the first hurdle. Mm. I mean, I don't think you can make this compilation without this song, though. This but compilation? No, fair enough. Because, again, you're this is only seven years' worth of stuff. Like, say, four albums. Mm-hmm. You're looking to chart a history. Mm-hmm. I get that. You couldn't go straight from a holiday into the second album stuff you've got to have a bit of a representation but, yeah and I mean this is you know this to me is still just a, a, a very very good pop song right okay you know like I say it's, it is lightweight uh, yeah it's not it, her golden period no but you know it is you know it suggests better to come and yeah, it's got a lot of character in it as well you know that's, and the thing is again because we're talking about this in 2019 not 1983 mm-hmm. I bet you when this came on in the the clubs in 1983 in New York People went fucking apeshit. I bet you they did. You know, I, I bet, bet you this did. was a big thing because it's so catchy and such a sort of bright, poppy, shimmery thing. Maybe that's that's what you needed. Maybe that's what it was for, and it did its job back then. It's not for me today. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I still like it. Um, it sits there in that pantheon of, okay. of great early Madonna tracks for me. Fine, cool, fine. And um, this was also back when she was just starting out. Uh, she was. You know, she hadn't really got on yet. She was interning in an office in New York. Can you imagine? Yeah, and she had to, one of her jobs was to put together loads of reports into binders for her bosses. Oh, and no. she did one really, really well. Oh, no. It was the Immaculate Collation. Oh, fuck off. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> is, is this going to be a feature now? Is this because of, <laughs> the 
people like the, the, the shit jokes in the Elton John one. I was, I, honestly, I was actually stuck for a lot of stuff to say in this one. <laughs> I'm, not the biggest, I'm not a massive Madonna fan, and I didn't like these early songs. Right. So I just it's more you shit went, You went that one up, did you? Yeah. Right, I've got enough. a few. I'll, I'll sprinkle them. Oh, no. <laughs> I, this, this is going to be the last one of these. <laughs> right, put, put borderline on. Okay. Shut your fucking face. <laughs> borderline. Talk about the troubles. It isn't. Sounds like it could be like you know, like a, you know the, the children's TV that they make you watch at school. Oh God! That yeah. kind of look and see, <laughs> look around you. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, there's a montage of stuff going on. Boom, boom. There's a yeah, there's a kid cresting a hill, yeah. wearing a small duffel coat, yeah. looking out. He's, he's put his hand above his eyes, shielding them from the sun as he looks to see what's coming. What's coming? A paedophile. <laughs> it's the eighties. It is the right. Yeah. Um, this is. You know, slightly less danceable. This is more you sure. know, kind of classic kind of piano track. This one's a, you know, it's a little bit more MOR actually. It is. It's towards that. It's, yeah. yeah, it doesn't fully embrace that, but it's definitely down that road. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, lyrically, it's either a song about unfulfilled love uh-huh. or a lover who can't make a come, depending on your interpretation. Is it? Well, yeah. Um, you, you keep on pushing my love towards the borderline. Yeah, it's. Um, I say because I was wondering if it was about a bloke who's trying to get her to do anal. But oh my god, she wouldn't. Why do you always go anal? Let's see the borderline. Trying to push it inside the borderline. The borderline. <laughs> that well-known phrase for the perineum. Yeah. <laughs> what do you get up to in Belfast? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Uh, you never. Hey, I'm just. And saying, Madonna hey. wouldn't be up for anal. No, that's true. Anyway, yeah. um, sorry, oh God, I, I just think she would be. She's. Is it, well, I, think really, I, I don't know. Anyway, wait, what, this is not the direction I'm no. going to take this in. Um, it was which is what she said. But, um, <laughs> God, oh, fuck me. But you know. Anyway, so mm. yeah, it, it was her first top ten in the states. This one, okay. So yeah, she was on the ascendance. Mm-hmm. Was, she was getting bigger, getting more popular, and it stayed on the charts for thirty weeks. Wow, which is a you know for. A third single, or not third, not necessarily third single, but third main single. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty big. Oh, without a doubt, mate. Without a doubt, mm-hmm. yeah. This is her, you know, as I say, this is her establishing herself. This is the foundation, and things are about to get really interesting. Yes. Yeah. What surprised me, because, you know, this is 1984, this one came out, uh, is that it didn't chart at all in the UK on its first release, mm. but it was re released in 1986. Oh, really? Two years later, and peaked at number two then. How bizarre. Yeah, which I'm assuming is would have been the first time I'd heard it, because why would I have heard it in the States? Yeah. I That makes sense to me, because I remember this as being a little bit later. I don't remember this as being yeah. early, early Madonna. Yeah, I don't either, really. Mm. I mean, I, uh, I mean like, you know, I guess my memory of some of that stuff is all a bit fuzzy, anyway, because I was incredibly young. Oh, of course. But, yeah, this is... But it makes sense to me that that would be the UK chronology for this mm-hmm. single, because I do remember it being further into the 80s. Yeah. You know, this is a better song than mm. either Holiday or, or Lucky Star. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a lot more interesting. Um, the lyrics are a bit more evocative of something that someone might actually care about. Right, it's just not 
let's have a holiday, etc. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, this is where she starts kind of playing a bit more with sexualised imagery, which mm-hmm. obviously, you know, she throughout her career to, and to this day is still like a provocateur. Oh, definitely. You know, you know has traded a lot on that and done that, you know, very cannily. Probably the oh, most... You know, the most... Ca- you know, I would say she's probably kind of used that kind of shock appeal better than any... You know, I mean, certainly better than any other female artist. But yeah. probably better than any other... You know, I mean, the only ones you could argue were like kind of, you know, Kiss and Alice Cooper, I guess. Right, or, for the, the shock against, you know, making parents angry. Yeah, you mm. know, sex pistols and things like that. Sure. But it's... To sustain it for... You know, let's get real for a This album is 29 years old and she's had 29 years more of career with well, yeah. sold out tours and you know well, sure, top 10 albums but then this was 1984 yeah. so it's like 35 years she was doing that yeah so yeah, it's, it's, you can't you can't fuck with this as a career no. you really can't no, I mean, she, she knew what she was doing she was very clever cool yeah so this, yeah I, I, this is much better I think this is a much better song okay you know, it, I would I enjoy this song I think it's a really good one I enjoy the hook in it. Mm-hmm. I like the change from chorus into versa. Yeah. Just downward move. I think this is actually much, much better. Yeah. Maybe it's different production as well because it doesn't sound as cheesy or tinny as the first couple. Yeah, I mean, this you know, this one isn't uh, aimed directly at the kind of a club dancing I suppose not. audience either. No, this it's just got the charts in its mind. Yeah, exactly right, that. Okay. See us starting to think a little bit bigger, I think. Yeah, that's... Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay, no, I think this is a good one. I like that. Okay, so next track is... Is Like a Virgin Itself. This is, you know, Madonna on the boat going through Venice. Yes, yeah, yeah. Those are probably some of my first memories of Madonna. Oh, really? Because I don't remember the video. I looked it up for this. Yeah. Don't remember the video at all. Oh, I see. I remember it so vividly. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like... From being on Top of the Pops or whatever. Yeah, just being like, who is this? Yeah. This was just thinking, like, right. immediately this is someone I want to know more about. I see. I mean, you know, man. I mean, I Madonna has been with me throughout many of... My earliest formative <laughs> yeah, ex- experiences. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's put it that way. But did you know what virgin meant in 1984 when it's No, but I found out because of it. Because it, oh, you see, I didn't know when I didn't know for a couple of years. No? No, even. I knew it was rude. Right. Because there was, there were people were shocked about her releasing mm. a song called Like a Virgin, but I didn't know what it meant. Fair enough. But even in, even in Catholic Ireland. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Just like well, the Virgin Mary. So I was, I was, thought it was her job. Uh, no, I was brought up far too uh, Protestant and middle class. Fair enough, mate. Fair uh, enough. Uh, yeah. But, but uh, I I remember enjoying this song at the time. I don't remember making a big impression on me, ah, see, and I, I, I still don't think it's one of her best. It's a strange song in that Madonna kind of doesn't sound like Madonna in it. Okay. She's, she's kind of a kind of affected this kind of. Almost kind of like little girl this voice, dirty, in yeah, it, yeah. Right? Hmm. Um, it's a strange voice she's got in this mm-hmm. song, but you know there are just so many iconic little moments in this song, mm. like that little hey that she does, hey, yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it's so good, and it's like you know the just the, the kind of the weird timing of those damn, damn, damn. I mean those little stabs that are okay. in, the, uh-huh. in the main track. It's this is a great song. This is well, it is. Iconic it's a classic song. pop song. It is obviously iconic because it has stood the test of time. Yeah. People know it today. 
you know, I, for my sins, I went to an 80s night a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. at the Haunt in Brighton. Right. And it was full of 20-year-olds. Yeah. You know, I was listening to all this. I was going, yeah, I have this single. Yeah, yeah I remember this coming out. Full of 20-year-olds who had no ties to it. Yeah. But stuff like this, they were all over. Did you look like you were there to collect your son? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Did I, I you was... wear your slippers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was, it was very bizarre. I enjoyed myself. Yeah. You know, I haven't heard Nicky over speakers in a while. Uh, yeah, that's but, a big tune. Yeah, it was good fun, but it did bring it back to me that some of these songs do have a lasting appeal. Yeah, I'm, I'm not allowed in that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, quite. <laughs> anyway. Um... But, uh, on this one, uh, this I, th I think we mentioned this before on another podcast, but I can't remember which one. It was written by two people called Tom Kelly and Billy Steinberg. They're yeah. a songwriting duo. And they also wrote True Colours, Mm -hmm. They wrote Alone by Heart, nice. they wrote Eternal Flame, I Drove All Night, uh, I Touch Myself, and So Emotional by Whitney Houston. Yeah, they got some they got some tunes. Yeah, I bet you they fucking Bangers, make mate. some money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, those royalties are going to keep you in uh, whatever you want. True Colours by Cindy Lauper is one of the best songs ever written. It's great. Oh, it's so terrific. Good. So, so good. Yeah. And this is also produced by a load of chic. It's produced by Nile Rogers. Yeah. Uh, and it has Bernard Edwards playing bass. And Tony Thompson, the drummer of Sheik on Drums. Sure. I mean, this, again, Nile Rogers, you know, her collaborations with Nile Rogers, we, if she hadn't done these collaborations with Nile Rogers, she wouldn't have been the icon that right. she became, I don't think. You know. Well, I suppose, I mean, I'm guessing that the record company were willing to spend the money on getting people like him in because mm -hmm. they saw potential and there was uh, a market that she could fill. But it worked brilliantly. Whatever, whatever yeah, sort of the, the, the chemistry between them. And then this is probably it. It's a different sound to those first couple of singles. It's a more filled out sound. Maybe that's one of the things he brought to it. It definitely worked well. Yeah. And obviously this is, uh, this is, the song's famous as well from the, uh, the conversation in, God, was it, was it, Pulp oh, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, it was Reservoir Dogs. I was thinking, yeah. was it Reservoir Dogs or was it Pulp Fiction? But it is Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, it's a very start, isn't it? Yeah. About, uh, yeah. Well, indeed, is it to do with that? I think she's already said it definitely wasn't. No. Yeah. Exactly. But, uh, in fact, it, it definitely wasn't because it wasn't written by her. It was written by Tom Kelly and Billy Seinberg. Well, there you go, mate. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, and it was uh, famously covered by Weird Al for Like a Surgeon. Yes, like I said. Which I actually do remember from the time yeah. as well. It was also covered in 1991 by Teenage Fan Club, which I did not know. And Motley Crue have just released their cover version to promote the Netflix thing. Um, uh, have you heard that? I mean, I don't want... I look... Motley Crue, fuck Motley Crue. Oh, come on, that's not fair. Look, I like some Motley Crue songs. Exactly. But, but fuck them. Oh, no, they're in general terrible. But they've got three good singles. Well, yeah, they've got three good singles. Yeah. yeah. And this cover version is shit awful. Of course it is. Yeah, if, if you do get a chance to go and listen to it, it's fucking dreadful. Uh, you know, let's not forget as well that Tommy Lee uh, is responsible for, I mean, the definitive worst song of the new metal era. Oh, a, a, a genre. <laughs> absolutely littered with <laughs> the worst worst songs, songs yeah. you know I mean the, is it Get Naked was Get Naked one? by uh, Methods of Mayhem that's it oh my god I mean that's let, let's do the I mean Ooh. we might get some of this shit later for down the line but it's got the whole new metal thing it's got a, a guest rap mm -hmm. by Fred Durst right guest uh, scratch by uh, Mixmaster Mike uh, was it yeah, yeah it's okay. got a it's got uh, a, another guest rap by Lil Kim. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, mm -hmm. Queen Bitch Red Lipstick. Uh-huh. Uh, what else has it got? It's got 
Tommy Lee rapping about his sex tape. Yeah. Oh, it's got a, a George Clinton cameo. Bow wow wow doing it doggy oh, style. Oh, right. Jesus Christ. I'm I'm upset that you remember this so well because I, I don't. I, I, I should play this. Anytime. <laughs> any, I mean, it's disgusting. It's so it's horrible. Awful. Yeah. The, the first lyric in it is uh, 30. What is, I can't remember the number. It's $97 million made from watching me come. Oh, boy. Out in the sun on my vacation. Right. <laughs> Class. Uh, shooting my jizzy jism. Oh, no. Uh, and it's, yeah, that's it. I can't remember. I can't. Uh, oh, then, God. No, shooting my jizzy jism, the woody wood has risen. risen. <laughs> that's the lyric. That's amazing. Oh, God. That's the lyric, yeah. And it's, uh, and it's got one of the most vile refrains in it that you've ever heard, where he goes, um, Fuck the gold chains of girls that can't play, and I ain't leaving till you're sleeping on a cum stain. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, I mean, look, oh, you, wow. you've just physically recoiled from that, and I've seen some of the stuff you look at on the internet. <laughs> Mate. It's fucking repulsive. The whole thing is oh. disgusting. Oh, well, I'm glad that we've just talked about that. Yeah. Anyway, right, let's go, mm. let's go back into Material Girl, shall we? Absolutely. Material Girl... So this is 1985. Yeah. Is this on the same album? Is this like the original? Yes, it is. Okay. And this, this is the big calling card single, isn't it? Well, I, this is one of the ones I really, really remember, and I remember the video for this as well. Yeah. So this is no, the first time I, yeah, exactly, surrounded by all the men in suits, etc. I remember that very well. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is one of my absolute favourites. This is a great song. You know, you've got uh, that kind of guitar riff classic driving mm-hmm. through it and you've got that kind of synth accent at the end right yeah I mean this song is so good man like the kind of the no way no way the little just the little kind of vocal touches and production right. touches the way it just kind of swells through mm. and, you know those kind of the living in material world backing vocals like those kind of like flat kind of almost talking head dead pan oh, backing yeah, okay, vocals yeah. This is a great, it great, is. great song. It is timeless. I'm so glad. If you'd have disagreed with this, no, no, this is this is up there for me. Again, huge chorus. Yeah, absolutely fucking massive belter of a chorus. Oh my god! So uh, but even the rest, like you say, the rest of it, where it's building up to it, the kind of the staccato synths on the verse where she's singing over the top is really, really good. And it's just a playfulness of it. As mm, well, it's, so, it's so much fun. Yeah? And you're like, ah, oh, you're cool as fuck. Yeah. That's just how I feel. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, this is, I think the first time you're like, you know exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know exactly who you are. And oh, again, this is very clever. For her to release this song and what it's about mm-hmm. and saying in the 80s, you know, mm-hmm. where it is all about making money and me, me, me. It's a very clever thing to put out. Yeah. But she said she, she, I think she said she's regretted it in one way because she's now always referred to as the material girl or was yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. So it kind of defined her a little bit, yeah. just the title of it. But fucking hell, what a song! There you go. Awesome. And I read uh, on whosampled.com, they say that the main baseline is a sample. Oh, really? Of the Jackson Five's "Can You Feel It." Oh, okay. But I think it's a replay. I think it's... Because it is pretty fucking similar when you yeah. think about it. The doom, 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 doom. But I think it's just basically a replay version of a sample. Fair enough. But either way, it is. I haven't thought of it before. Oh, but I, it I, definitely... When you when you go, could it be? I think it could be. But it works for it. It's really, Sweet. really good. That's great tune. Absolutely brilliant tune. Yeah. Now, happy with that. Cool. Right. So, shall we take a quick break?
the amount of time that this was number one for, I guess we've got a lot of stuff to get through. Uh, well, album-wise, no. Sing- when we get to the singles, we really do. Oh, so yeah. I mean, I suppose album-wise, we're getting close to Christmas. It's all great. Oh, yeah, mate. Well, basically, let's just say the names of these albums to, to get us where we are in the world for the top ten. George Michael's at number ten. Mm-hmm. Paul Simon is number nine. Yeah. Whitney Houston is in at eight. Uh, Jimmy Somerville's Greatest Hits at number six. Okay. Michael Walton, number five. Soul Provider. Yeah. Phil Collins. Number four. Still number four. Yeah. Three tenors. Number three. Right. Cliff Richard, obviously, coming up to Christmas. Fuck he's got off an album Cliff. out. He's got an album out. Fuck off. And Cliff. Elton John is at two. Right, okay. So that's where we hits. are. Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, the greatest hits that we just did last week. Yeah, okay. So we've, we've actually covered most of these records. I know. Yeah, those are, those are the big ones. And obviously, this is the race towards the Christmas mm. sales. These are the big albums we yeah, have done. Fair enough, most of fair enough. Uh, the only other albums I noticed that were out in this time period that were anyway decent was Vanilla Ice's To the Extreme. Yeah. So that's come out, which I'm assuming again is yeah. why she wasn't. And, and decent States. is a push. Oh, yeah, no, very notable. I should yeah. have said rather than decent. Especially because I'm about to say then the new kids' Merry Merry Christmas album. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, their, their latest catch in. I mean, I I feel like maybe at Christmas we listen to it. God, no. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if there's a a song on there called Slay With Me Baby. Slay With Me Baby. (laughs) A Rastafarian Christmas. I don't know know where this is going to take us, but it's a long way from the North Pole. (laughs) Oh, mate. Yes, with the album-wise, there's fuck all else worth talking about. Donnie the hardest fuck reindeer. Sorry. Uh, so yeah, that's all we need to talk about, I think, albums. Okay, fair enough. Right, back into this compilation. Number six, then. Crazy for you. Clarinet. <laughs> There's not enough clarinet in pop music. <laughs> You're on Woody. <laughs> uh, that is fucking brilliant. Oh my god, it's so I good. I love this song. Oh my god, so do I. Yeah, this, this it's a gem. This is one of my all-time favourite Madonna vocals. Mm-hmm. She just, you know, it can be said that Madonna doesn't necessarily have the best voice in the world. I um, would agree with that. Yeah, she, yeah. she doesn't, and it's 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 everything else, everything else that comes together and makes it a perfect kind of pop uh-huh. package, right? But this is a genuinely great vocal. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a lower register for her because it's not such a, a poppy one. Yeah. It's her first ballad single, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Ballad, first, first single she does a ballad, anyway. And it's definitely, it's it's more restrained, smoother vocal, all that stuff. But it's got huge, huge chorus. Oh, and it goes up there. Oh, my God, oh it yeah. belts it out, yeah. Uh, that's great. I mean, it's, this, is, this is a kind of proper, like... Shuffle at the end of a uh, school disco kind of it song. It so is. I mean, not for me. Obviously, I was a hideous child. <laughs> but, uh, well, and presumably ten when this came out. Yeah, yeah, I know. But you know, there was there were there were, there were always the early adopters when right, sure. uh, at the school disco. I was just there, fucking whacked out of my mind on cheap Coca Cola <laughs> and what's what, it? whatever sweets they sell me. 
But it's, it's, it's a perfect soft focus slow dance high yeah. school kind of thing. Without a doubt, yeah. yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it comes with a key change as well. That's oh, beautiful. It's a beautiful key change. It's, the, the whole thing is perfectly done. It brings a tear to your eye. It does. Yeah. Um, and then this one, we talked about the songwriter of this one before because it's a guy called John Bettis yeah. who was one of the contributors to The Carpenters. Yeah. And so he also wrote Human Nature, like we said, uh-huh. Slow Hand, When You Tell Me That You Love Me. And he wrote this for the soundtrack of a film called Vision Quest. Yes. Yeah. Which I've never heard of no, before no, in no. my life. I haven't either. No. Um, yeah, because it's... I'm trying to think... I'm not even sure if this was... Was this on record? I, well, as far as I know, it was only on Vision Quest. But yeah. it was released as a single through the whatever label that was on. Yeah. And it was huge for Madonna. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was on any of hers. Yeah, I have to have a look at that. But um, yeah, brilliant song. I was worried about that one. I thought I thought we might disagree on that. Really? One. Oh, this is I mean, this is a, a, a montage tune. Yeah, you know, there God, the most without one. a doubt. This I is, love this song so know, much. Who doesn't love a par ballad like this? It's brilliant. This yeah. is my favourite one so far. Oh, okay, fair I mean, enough. I, mean, uh, I love Material Girl, but I, I love Borderline. But this is my favourite one. I think because it is that cheesy ridiculousness of, yeah. of a par ballad, which I'm really into. I did find that there is a shit awful reggae tinged version of this by Beats International though. Oh fuck off! Yeah, oh, it's God. not on Spotify, so I can't play it to you. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> next track. Moving <laughs> uh, quickly before it gets added. Oh God! In terms of the, the lyrics as well, I love it by this. It's perfectly evocative of that first love and uh, the nervousness yeah. you feel that sort of shit. You know, it's all brand new. Yeah. I'm crazy for you. That sort of stuff. It is that. Oh, I don't know. Don't know if I should say anything. You know, I don't yeah. know. Does she like me? Does he like her? You no. don't think this one's about anal, then? No, but I did think that there's a massive innuendo in the line. I'm crazy for you. Touch me once, and you'll know it's true. Right. That's about fingering, isn't it? I don't know if it's about fingering. I, I, I'd like to think that Madonna's evolved past fingering at this point. <laughs> I don't think. She's I mean, there aren't enough. enough songs about fingering, clearly. <laughs> but I don't know. I reckon that's there's a, a hint of that in there oh. for me. We'll put, we'll put that on the social media. Do we think... Yeah, I'll put do, do, we think do we think Crazy For You is about fingering? <laughs> right? We'll put that, put that I just, out. I reckon so. I mean, yeah, I mean, email us at pclmusicpodcast mm. uh, at gmail.com if you think that uh, this song is about fingering. I'm just, I think there, there's a case to be made. A case to be made for... For fingering. For fingering. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's not how I think of you, but... Um, and, uh, no, thanks. <laughs> But speaking of that, next song, yeah. Into the Groove. No. <laughs> oh, man. So now we're in a desperately seeking Susan era Madonna. Is that okay? So this is this is 1985 again. Yeah. And this is was on the soundtrack of that for the film. Yeah. Right. Okay. This is another thinly veiled sexual analogy. What? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, really definitely is. Yeah. yeah. Get into the groove. You've got to prove your love to me. But this is quite for me. What's interesting about this is there is. You know, bear in mind we're 1985. Mm-hmm. There is that massive, like basically house piano break in this. Mm, okay. That becomes yeah. becomes the staple of 90% of 
chart music that we're starting like to see come through years. like 90, you know early 90s right yeah so yeah five years ahead of that and you've got the kind of the big big percussive breakdown towards the end of it that's mm-hmm. fucking great as well but yeah I, th- I mean I think this is uh, I think this is a, a fantastic song again okay I think it's good I th- I don't think it's one of my favourites I, okay. I think it's good I, I mean, definitely I like it I, yeah. I wouldn't skip this one no. but I wouldn't, uh, you know, vaunt it. To yeah, I mean, again, I don't don't think this is. It's it's not my absolute favourite, mm-hmm. but I think this is a. I think this is a, a really really good song. I think the right. you know, kind of vocal pulls it through. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's loads of little interesting bits in the production. Like I say, like that that that's a percussive breakdown that happens kind mm-hmm. of towards the end is really kind of interesting. The kind of the the use of that of the piano. The in piano, it. piano solo in the middle is. Yeah. I mean, it seems out of place, but it does work. Yeah, yeah, sure. uh, yeah. So yeah, uh, in terms of production, this is the first time we've seen Shep Pettibone on production, isn't it? He's I he, he think does this. So I, I've, I've got, made I've a got, note of it. I've got a note on this. This is the first one that he was yeah. involved with. So I can see that there's an influence of a real kind of club producer yep. back in there again. That would make sense, and yeah. uh, it, it does. It kind of goes through the rest of the ones that he was involved with. You can see his influence. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Okay, well, um, yeah, I haven't got too much else to say about uh, about that song. It's, um, it, it, I, I just, it, it's an ode to dancing as well. Yeah. You know, it, it, she, the, the dance floor, so it's club-orientated, which makes sense as well because Madonna wanted to be a dancer before she wanted to be singing. She wanted to be a dancer, so she's always been, all right, Club hits, dance floor orientated. But you can transpose dancing for sex. Oh, absolutely! Yes, the, the innuendos yeah. and the double entendres—they yeah. run rife through. Yeah, it. They exactly. Sure. You know, kind of if, if you if you if you like a wank analogy, here you got one. Well, yes, thanks, thanks, Mads. Uh, this is still her biggest selling single in the UK. Is that true? Apparently so. Wow! There you go. It was the third biggest selling single of 1985 uh-huh. in the UK, behind Jennifer Rush's "The Power of Love" and "I Know Him So Well." Wow! Two. Big fucking oh, bangers there. Actually, man. I know him so well. You know how much oh, I love that song. We, we, we duet on that lots. <laughs> so, uh, so it was the third big selling uh, single of 1985 and is still her best selling single in the UK. That really surprises me. I me too. I mean, I, yeah, I suppose... Yeah, I, I would have I would have thought Vogue or something like that would have outsold it. But. Indeed. But I, I don't know. I guess this is when you have to sell a million records to be you know, the third big selling record of the year and it just held on fair enough have you ever seen Desperately Seeking Susan by the way yeah it's great have you is I, it I, I love it yeah. is it yeah 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 because I've not seen it I just assumed it's shit no it's great I love it really yeah I mean I haven't oh, seen okay. it for a little while um, actually uh, our friend Phil Jarrett mm-hmm. uh, of the uh, Crash Brown Wallet uh, of Crash Brown Wallet podcast yeah his his wife uh, Beck shout out to Beck Jarrett I don't think she listens to this but I'll shout her out anyway fine um, yeah she had a, a birthday party and it was a Desperately Seeking Susan themed oh, really? birthday party and it was playing in the background so I have seen it but not with the sound on oh, okay <laughs> fair enough right it's being projected onto the wall I see so yeah. you had to watch it yeah, yeah. well you know that and drinking well yeah no, this is it's a, it's a good song and uh, it was covered by Sonic Youth the following year okay uh, as part of their uh, Chicone Youth project right. that they did and they called it Into the Groovy okay and it's fucking weird Oh, is it? It is bizarre. Oh, I'll listen to that. Have a listen to that. It's, it's, I mean, they, when I say weird, it's not like they've gone massively experimental. They're just playing it like, all right, well, are you playing this song or are you just saying the words over some instruments? Well, see, I mean, I'm not, I'm not versed in that verse in Sonic Youth. Uh, so I didn't, I, I, the, the Chaconi Youth Project is a new one. I mean, so what is this? Is, this, is it just... Oh, I think, it was, I think it was an EP, maybe, they did. And again, 
get in contact because I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it was an EP they did of Madonna songs, yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig that out. Have a look, mate. But yeah, Into the Groove is a good song. I like that one. That's a good I like weird versions of songs. When like they Dumbo. Yeah, like, like, do you ever hear that Dillinger Escape Plan EP where they did, like, a version of... Uh, which Timberlake track was it? It was Cry Me a River or something like All that. All right. No. Yeah, yeah. And they did, like, they did uh, did Teardrop by Massive Attack. Mm. Like, really quite straight... Yes, Yeah, it's like straight covers of them. Oh, well, they didn't completely just, you know, metal up. No, no, they pretty right. straight cover. I'll play them later, anyway. Well, listen, you're a huge fan of Phantomus. Yeah. do... Covers of all the the horror movie things. Oh, man, that that Phantomas director's card is so good, man. So good. Anyway, anyway, uh, next one though, number eight is Live to Tell. Yes, right. This one's very dramatic. Mm. Very broody, very melancholy. And again, she's in that kind of lower register with her voice and yeah, for the ballad. Yeah. I don't like this as much as Crazy for You, but I do like it. No, but it's it's in the same kind of class as that, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there is one fundamental flaw with this song. Oh, go on. All right, because the whole thing is, I hope I live to tell the tale. It's just like, mate, you've got a microphone, just say it. (laughs) What are you waiting for? Just tell us the secret. What is it? Damn it. Well, she never tells us, does she? Fucking tease. I hope I live to tell the tale. Fucking stop wasting time. You've got got four minutes worth of song here. Yeah. Was it, I hope to live to tell the tale of don't go and see the Sean Penn film that this is in? Oh, maybe, yeah. Yeah, because... Well, again, I've not seen it. It's quite a good film. Close Close range. Range. Oh, no, okay. I'll take word for that because yeah. I have no idea. No, it's quite a good film at the time. It's when they were married, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think pre Shanghai Surprise as well. Oh, yeah, definitely was that. Yes, indeed. And Excellent. This yeah. was on True Blue as well. This was the first single off True Blue. Yep. And so okay, we've moved on to another album. Mm-hmm. And it was on the soundtrack to that Sean Penn film. To me, just because. I wouldn't expect her to put out the first single from an album as a ballad. I, I was surprised. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm, I, 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 this came out part. before True Blue, did it, itself? This was the first single. That's why uh, I've got my oh, notes okay. the first single. Unless... I, 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 unless I, I, I didn't research it, I'm just misremembering that, because I thought they put out True Blue first off that record. Mm. But I'm like, not sure. Maybe I've got my note is, there's the first single on here from True Blue. Anyway, yeah. It swoops and swells. Mm-hmm. Basically, the bridge in this is the... It's just so good. Mm. It's like a bridge in it, and it's kind of got that. That it's kind of got an almost echo in the Bunny Men, like Lost Boys soundtrack, right? Like, uh, like backing vocal, kind of. It, it, would, it would definitely fit in on that, actually. Um, what's that? The what's that song off that soundtrack? People are strange. No, the no the other one um, with, the, with the, the kind of the choir. Oh, uh, Thou shalt not kill. That That's one. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that. That's, that's, that's what, yeah, that's where okay. I'm coming from with it. Yeah. Right, sure. Uh, I'd definitely see that. Yeah. Hmm. Again, this was one that she didn't write the music for this one. Uh, it was an instrumental from a different film, and the guy who wrote it was working, I think, with Sean Penn and played her an instrumental. Yeah. She thought it would really work as a song, so she wrote the lyrics for it. And okay. Changed a couple of little bits. Uh, so the lyrics are all her, and... The stuff about you know the, the distrust of men mm-hmm. in this you know, the, the line a man can tell a thousand lies I've learned my lesson well 
I don't know if she's just projecting for the song or if... Did she have a particularly bad kind of childhood father thing growing up or anything like that? I mean, I don't think... I don't think notably it's so. It's not a big thing from a But, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, can, I can imagine growing up being young in the early 80s. Mm. You know, you... Especially you, getting into the music business. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, true. Right. 80, 80s New York music business. Right, yeah. Cocaine and horrible fat men in leather jackets. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, true enough. I could well be it. Which, I like it though because she's trying to envision the better time ahead. Yeah, you know, so there is, there's, you know, a horizon that she can see. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it works really well. Yeah, kind of empowering, kind of. Yeah, yes, it, yes, exactly. Great song, really yeah. like it again. And it peaked at number two in the UK charts, and it kept off number one by Rock Me Amadeus. Ooh, that's me Amadeus. Well, there you go. Well, uh, rightfully so. I'm yeah, that is a fucking. Banger. It's a, it's a ridic- That's one of the most ridiculous songs that, oh. that's ever been recorded. Yes. The, the fact who came up with that? The the fact that that was a number one song is, I, I mean, testament to the British public. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> that and uh, Joel Dolce's "Shut Up on Your Face." Yeah, Jesus. What that kept off Vienna? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Was there wasn't there one that kept Michael Jackson off as well? Well, nothing kept Michael Jackson off. Wait. <laughs> And uh, uh, allegedly, we should say, because nothing will also keep his lawyers off. Oh, so, yeah, true and, I mean, we've got rampant. No, we've got nothing to be sued for, mate. No. All my money was invested in my Michael Jackson merchandise <laughs> and strangely lost all of its value. <laughs> uh, oh, we're laughing about child abuse. Nice. <laughs> right. Uh, next one, though. Track number nine is Papa Don't Preach. So catchy. I appreciate that there was some controversy about this song at the time. Absolutely. From feminist camps as to whether this is a song about someone handing over control of their life from one father figure to another. Right. You know, kind right. of the whole kind of patriarchy. And, you know, but it's a song written from a, a viewpoint of someone with a particular life. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think it's, it, it's an endorsement of... Well, Any no, particular viewpoint, it's a story. Yeah, exactly. It was received by some as being pro-life and therefore anti-abortion because she's keeping the baby. Yeah. And it was seen as a, a potentially bad role model for teenage girls. But it is a story. Yeah. I mean, you look, man, the, the whole thing is as well, I stand fully behind abortion rights, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but they call it pro-choice. And the word choice means you choose to. It's or not, not. It's not compulsory. No, you know indeed. what I mean? That's, that's not the thing. Anyway, so I don't, you know, uh, anyway, I'm not going to get too deeply into feminist issues because no. the world doesn't need a 43-year-old no. man talking about feminism. Well, strangely enough, this was written by a man, is the thing. Oh, there you go. It was written by a guy called Brian Elliott, uh-huh. who was a producer at the time, and he was a dad... Um, he wanted to write a song for his daughter to show that, you know, she could come to him with any problems. Right. So okay. it was almost written from that point of view rather than the daughter's point of view. And he's, he's done it as a song. I mean, a post-it note would have covered it, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. A quick talk. That's a chat, yeah. Yeah. So fucking hell, mate. So make a fuss about it. Uh, well, I'm glad he did. Well, I'm glad he did as well. This is, yeah, this is just so good. And look, Madonna songs have got a higher hit rate of 
than in certainly on this album of just interesting things happening in outros I think oh okay there's just like there's just that thing where it's just like uh, don't you stop loving me dad oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. I know um, mm-hmm. and it's just like it's only in there once mm-hmm. but it's so it, it's just so well delivered right it's, it's just just in there right at the end no, and there's nice. loads of little bits of that she's always does interesting stuff in the outros of her songs okay that's, that's, I like that so yeah I, I mean I think this is I, I, I don't know I don't know what to say about this song it's it's just you know from, from the opening strings to when that keyboard part comes mm-hmm. in like just the rhythm of it through the, the way that like kind of it's it soars up into that chorus mm-hmm. it's just perfectly put together and in the video wasn't this one of the first times she had kind of a new image well she had shorter hair in the video for this yeah, didn't she yeah. I mean she had a new image for every video right realistically yeah. you know kind of you know yeah. the, the whole True Blue album she kind of had a bit of that kind of uh, I guess kind of throwback style going on in with with the, like, the True Blue which yeah. is notably not on this record that is, yeah I thought it would be if you'd asked me without looking at the track list I would have assumed yeah yeah Anyway, yeah. we're gonna I, w- I would say that in the video, don't know how much you remember about the father in the video, it was played by Danny Aiello. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. remember that? Did you know that he recorded later that year a response song to this? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Called Papa Just Wants the Best for You. Oh, no. Yeah. And again, it's not on Spotify. Oh, fuck. But you can look it up on YouTube. Is it bad? But actually, we'll put the link on all of our stuff. It's fucking dreadful. Oh, is it it's really? embarrassing as fuck. Fuck! Oh. It, I mean, it's it's obviously someone has gone. We can make some money off this. Just do it. Did just, he get Madonna in the video? No, but he got someone to dress up like her. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit. Oh mate, yeah. I need to see that. I'm oh like, yeah, it's all right. I definitely want to see that. That's brilliant. Check I, that shit out, man. I did not know that. That was like what was that other thing when there was like that that fuck you song, and then someone came out with a response to it. Oh, Eamon. Eamon, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Fuck you back. Yeah. And there was whenever No Scrubs came out, yeah. then someone did No Pigeons. No about, pigeons. Uh, yeah, about uh, well, basically, I think the the female version of a scrub, apparently, it was a pigeon. Apparently, scrubs and pigeons. Uh, yeah. This, this, this is the thing. I don't know. Mate, it just sounds like something that happens at public school. <laughs> scrubs and pigeons week. And then uh, whenever uh, again Michael Jackson released Billie Jean. Yeah. Then someone calling themselves Billie Jean released a single. Right. About. Uh, Oh, you, you! I can't believe you're not going to step up and take care of this kid. Uh, barking up the wrong tree, so mate. to speak. <laughs> yeah, my attempt to care of a lot of kids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna. Have, this is so much trouble. <laughs> I just only took care of a lot of kids. What's your? No, that's true. What, yeah. what, what, what you, hey, mate, he had a whole ranch devoted to it. Yeah, what are you projecting onto that? He's a boy who never grew up. Never, never, mm. never. Anyone. Hell, that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I just bleep it and then fill in the bit that you, whatever you said. And just leave the bit where it says, that's well, that's well, coming <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah, just leave that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, moving on. <laughs> Track number 10. <laughs> Open your heart. Open your heart. That's a big intro. Straight oh away. God. There's no build up to that. That's straight in. Bang, bang. I see you 
This is my second favourite Madonna song of all time. Is it? I love oh, that song. much fucking hell, mate. I fucking love this song. Right, okay. I love this song. This is, this is in my top ten songs of all time, probably. Right, okay. I fucking love this song. It's great. Love this song. It is terrific. And it's it, it's kind of a... There's, there's no fat to it. No. This is perfectly put together. Yeah, it's just... Builds, builds, drops back so you can start and build right. again. It's like a real roller coaster of a song, that massive driving beat in it. Mm-hmm. I've written here super synths. Super, super. They yeah. are just I think super. I'm meant to, I think I'm meant to write superb, but <laughs> I've just written super. Super, super synths. Wonderful pre chorus. Nice. And absolutely. And the chorus to this, man. Oh, yeah. Huge. It's just so, and like, and again, like the outro on it again, where it just kind of open your mm-hmm. you make me love so so fucking good, man. It's terrific. It's just, it's just a you know absolutely perfect. It's got a, song. It, it, it's a chugging bassline the whole way through. Yeah. Like you say, that chorus tops it all off. Really, just shouting along chorus yeah. that is. Um, I t- turns out it was originally written as a song called "Follow Your Heart." For Cindy Lauper. Yes, I saw this actually. I saw I this when I was doing know. my research for yeah. this. Yeah, but, but she never heard it. Never, never even played to her. No. Yeah, uh, and then yeah, one of the whatever record execs thought it would be great for Madonna. Yeah. Bam. You know, open the lock with the key. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. literally. I mean, like you, the the uh, the single cover this was presumably just a train going through a tunnel. <laughs> Rocket taking off out of a silo, yeah, cook bottle overflowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> just like one of those kind of naked gun montages. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there's subtlety, and then there's just a wink yeah. going, eh, eh. Just a, the i three sixty in Brighton. <laughs> <laughs> looks, looks of uh, faces of Kenneth Williams going, ooh. <laughs> Yeah, literally that, mate. Literally. It is a little bit stalkerish in point, though. Oh, well. Is there, you know, don't try to run. I can keep up with you. Oh, so we're back. We're back in Phil Collins. Indeed, Ruben's refuge. And I follow you around, but you can't see. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's like okay. I know. I know you're. You know, you're chasing your man. You're giving it a chase, but maybe she's a ninja. Oh no! That and he's actually opening his heart. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make you love me. Uh, Amazing. That's the only way Madonna could be any cooler if she was actually That would be brilliant. That would be fucking stunning. This is also uh, one of my favourite examples of why the the game that we sometimes play where you replace love or heart in a song title with arse. Yeah. Really works. Open your arse. Open your arse to me. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of of the the fallback. This works. Yeah. As well as perfect. Arse me for a reason. Let the reason be arse. Yeah. That's good. That's a good one. And... um, uh, 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 building a bridge to your arms. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Uh, is it, that is a wicked. I didn't realise that you were such a big fan of this one. I, I obviously would have said it's a great song, but second favourite Madonna song. Yeah. Okay. I love this song, man. That's big. I love that, For you, song. that is big. Love that song, man. Mm. Love it. It is terrific. It's, it's absolutely fantastic. I think I would happily put that in my top five Madonna songs. Okay. But you know, I don't know as many as you. You know, I, I yeah. don't go into her albums as deep as you. And, and you know, and you know, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm only a, a really kind of diehard Madonna fan to a point. You know, I've really, okay, I've, yeah. you know, I, I kind of stopped listening not that long after this. Mm. But funnily enough, I've been going back and listening to. Uh, some of the more recent albums lately. Have you? Oh, did you do that Timberlake one or whatever? Or Timberland one, sorry. Yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I listened to that. Um, I, I keep getting the fucking name because I keep thinking it's Hard Candy and it's not that one. It's the other no, one. No, that was Hard Candy. No, the, the I don't think it was. I think it was, was Hard uh, Candy. I don't think it was Hard Candy. It was the one... 
before that. Hard Candy was... MDMA? Yeah, I think it might have been that one. I I can't remember anyway. But Mm. anyway, right, next track. Next track, right. It is La Isla Bonita. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Now, this is the first one I think I ever owned in Burnham was because I was on hit six. Oh, okay, right. I still have a massive soft spot for this, I must admit. Yeah, I mean, this is... Love song to an island. <laughs> Which, I'll be honest with you, I think I only really picked that up today when I was reading the lyrics. Oh, okay, okay. I, was, I think I'd always thought that San Pedro was like some bloke. San Pedro? <laughs> it never occurred to me. It's called The Beautiful Island, mm. is what the song's fucking called. Right, right, sure, yeah. And it's like, oh, I was like, oh, it was just one of those things where I'm like, Oh yeah, of course. Oh, that yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, right. But look, this is a cheesy, stupid song, isn't it? Though there is, there is yeah. so, so much wrong with this song. Right? Mm-hmm. It's risible in so many ways. Right. But I fucking love it. It's wicked. I it's so catchy. It. You know. I mean, you know, we've criticised other artists, and we'd be remiss if we let her off the hook here for cultural plunder oh, straight away. I mean, this is like, it's like, oh, hello, mate. It's a, mm-hmm. Come on, Antonio Banderas, play your guitar for us. <laughs> Indeed. Do you know what I mean? It really, it really, it, 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 I mean, it's got some stupid lyrics in it as well. What, mm. how does the sun set high? It's setting. Oh, yeah. The sun would set so high. Is it because there's mountains? Is that what it is? I mean, maybe that's what it is, right. but I mean, it's not set then, is it? It's, no. It's, if it's, it's high. Just it's, hiding. Yes, it's up. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. The, 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 this is apparently Madonna's best selling single in France. Is it really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> this is, it makes me think this is what France wishes Madonna did more of. Yes. You know, oh, see, I love all those other ones, open your heart and to express yourself, but I wish she did more of the, the cultural appropriation. Like yeah, yeah, I wish she'd like more kind of, you know, I wish she'd put on a, a, a fake moustache and a sombrero <laughs> more often. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, this is, this is, uh, this is a terrible song. I love it. It is, because uh, it, it's got a really catchy hook. The chorus works really well. That middle eight where it goes up a bit, yeah. oh, no, I want you, to be yeah. where, it's all it works for me mate I mean it, it does work it yeah. does work really well yeah. and then and you've got the kind of the super uh, like whatever the Spanish equivalent of fiddle dee dee is going super kind of fucking was there a bullfight in the video there may as well have been may as well I know there was a young Benicio del Toro and was there really just in the background apparently yeah. nice one of okay. the extras fair enough yeah nah, but, and also this was originally offered uh, as an instrumental version to Michael Jackson we keep coming it? back, but yes. Mm, well, yeah, but uh, he must have obviously not wanted to do a song about Spaniards. Well, who um, knows? Gone for it. I know it's not her best song, but it's the one I remember very fondly from playing it over and over and over on my compilation. Oh, day. yeah. No, I, I, um, yeah. Was it Hit Six? Hit Six. I had Hit Six. Oh, absolutely. Well. You know, and it was surrounded by other really good shit. So I associate it with her. Do, do you want to know what the uh, the most played song for me, though, on the Hits Tape 6 was? Was it Star Trekking? Yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Cling on, start with Starboard Bow, Starboard Bow, Starboard Bow. Oh, Cling on, Starboard Bow, yeah. Starboard Bow. Jim. <laughs> Fuck's oh, sake. Fucking hell, yeah. I still remember that. It was, a, it was a, I Want to Dance with Somebody was on that, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, good Heart. No, not Good Heart. Um, fucking... What's it called? Uh, Club Nouveau. Oh, uh, Lean On Me. Lean On Me. That yeah. was on there. George Michael's I Want Your Sex? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's a terrible I can't, I, I can't remember a thing I did <laughs> in my degree 
Nah. Why can I remember this shit? Neither can I, mate. For fuck's sake. I, I, mean, I, I just still have memories of sitting in my dad's Fiesta XR2 uh-huh. on family holidays with him chain smoking in the front, no windows <laughs> open in the fucking back, listening to the hits tape six. Right. Good times. Good times. Good times. Uh, but now, now, yes. we get on to track number 12. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm glad in advance I know where you are on this song because... Oh, yeah. Because if, if oh, we might have had a fist fight. I'm like literally, I'd have taken my top off. <laughs> yeah, well, I'd do it anyway. <laughs> Make this song has that effect on yeah, you. Yeah. You, you know my opinion on this song. Well, indeed. When you call my yeah. name, uh, I, this is the best pop song ever recorded. And I will fight anyone <laughs> who disagrees it's to the fucking death. Number two being Star Trekking, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Look me in the eye, Chris, and tell me if I don't mean everything you, I say. You, you are sincere, I my friend. Fucking kill someone. Yeah. I, this is every brilliant. beat of this fucking song is perfect. Mm. Everything is perfect in this song. Everything about this song is perfect. Yeah, you know, from like that 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 God at the start, uh-huh. and then the silence, and then the swelling chorus, yeah. and then that kind of yeah, that kind of uh, baseline comes baseline in. Baseline comes in, little rhythm and that, and mm-hmm. oh my god, and that whole song's about a blowjob, and I refuse to hear it. <laughs> whole song's about a blowjob, right? Like you say, it is the perfect storm of everything. Yeah. Everything came together so well in this one for her. Yeah. Uh, it's the first one we've seen on here, I think, where she's using the real religious iconography yeah. imagery in such a big way. Mm-hmm. That she, she did a few times, mm-hmm. but this is the first real example of it. Even if it's not all about a blowjob, it's hugely innuendo-laden. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a double meaning in the extreme everything, on this yeah. one. So it's, it's sex, it's religion... It's about, uh, again, female empowerment. Yeah. It's, it's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, enormous controversy about this song. Mm-hmm. Right? Or controversy. Controversy. Whatever. However you fucking say okay. right, There's enormous controversy about this song because, I mean, a lot of it was around the video. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, uh, I mean, a lot of it was about, you know, interracial kind of sexualization of Jesus and mm-hmm. all of these kind of you know, stuff that probably wouldn't be considered that scandalous these days I suppose maybe not but there was a lot of money tied up in this obviously there was a massive Pepsi campaign around yeah the world, they sponsored the whole thing well they were, they were sponsoring the tour Blonde Ambition tour right and this is you know this is Madonna as like arch provocateur well yeah she, you know she is you know she is on the no publicity is bad publicity this is the controversy that sold that entire Blonde Ambition tour out right that was, you know that was headlines you know the front page of tabloid papers talking about this stuff yeah it was just Arch, arch kind of pop culture outrage. Right. Okay. Um, but then the, the the Pepsi thing, because this was so controversial, yeah. they pulled their name from the tour, didn't they? I, I can't remember if that as was as the outcome or not. I think, that. I think, I think so. they I they cancelled. As far as I know, they cancelled their sponsor. They let her keep the money though, because yeah. they were putting five million into mm. it. They let her keep the money, but took their name off it right. because it was such a Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a big thing for a corporation to do just go we'll write that off yeah well, yeah. we won't get anything else from it we'll write that off it's huge yeah absolutely man absolutely and that kind of speaks volumes to how big that whole thing was at the time and obviously yeah. this was 
before they bought out the, you know, this, you know, this Madonna's big enough at this time to have a, you know, a, a behind the scenes of her tour filmed and released theatrically. Oh, was that that tour? In bed with Madonna was this Blonde is, Ambition. This afterwards. was 1989. This album came out. Yeah. Uh, so the Blonde Ambition tour was would have been what 1990, 91 yeah. times, and then that film was like that. Yeah. I see. Okay. Didn't really, didn't really do together memory. from memory. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Sure. But yeah, so mm. I mean, I love this song completely unreservedly. Yeah. I, nothing when I've listened to it convinced me I was wrong in that opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just don't think pop music gets any better than this song. No, I think you're I think that's a perfect summation of it. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's interesting that this version of Madonna, where she's going from being that teeny pop star mm-hmm. to a more grown up performer, mm-hmm. is your preferred version of a Madonna pop song. Mm. But it's just such a good tune. It's such a good tune. It's such a good tune. It's just it's epic. Yeah. It's you know it's it's kind of almost proggy in that way mm. you know it's you know it's it's like a big theater you know you can imagine this being a, a theatrical production and then mm. you know, the video was it's just all the kind of moving parts like the kind of the gospel choir yeah and you know it's, it's actually when you this is actually quite a stripped down song there's not loads going on in the instrumentation or no I mean like it's, it's not overly complicated or anything like this no. um, I remember there's a the, the guy called Guy Pratt is the bassist he's a, he was a session bassist yeah. back in the eighties he now plays with Pink Floyd. Okay. He's still doing it. But he also does a bit of kind of, not necessarily stand up, but he does humorous talks Mm -hmm. about his times. And I went to see him once. He was actually really funny. He's got a book I I recommend. It's it's very interesting about being in the music industry at his level. But him playing on this, he has stories about being in the studio recording it and just saying to Madonna, well, do you reckon this would work? And changing the bass line from what she wanted to what it is now. Yeah. And her going, yeah, okay, that, that's really good. So he's like, yeah, I wrote that song. He's like, fuck off, guy, whatever. But it's, uh, it, he's not done anything overly complicated. He's kept it simple. Yeah. But it works so well. It underpins the whole thing beautifully, but still kind of keeps it going along. Yeah, I like that the little instrumental kind of freak out kind of midway through it. <laughs> the the, the yeah. percussion madness. Yeah. <laughs> <What>? Hello. <laughs> so yeah. good. Yeah. So good. Shouldn't fit in that song. Does. Yeah. No, it's great. Anyway. And right. also, uh, she was. I saw something. She had said that she just had these two flop films at this point. Yeah. So Shanghai Surprise and Who's That Girl. Yeah. She had split up from Sean Penn. Yeah. And she was turning 30. Yeah. So she, this was her making a conscious effort to be a kind of more grown-up yeah. performer. That's why she's gone down this route. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. It works really well. This was a number one in the UK as well. Uh, I don't know if the album was actually. like a better album. I assume it probably... I would imagine so. I, I haven't... I haven't... Not sure. I can't imagine anyone beating her to number one. Nah, I imagine so. But yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous. Still remember getting my copy of Like a Prayer on cassette... Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I still remember and and sitting in McDonald's in Luton, uh-huh. going through reading through the album cover. Really? Kind of, yeah, big the notes. Yeah, yeah. I, I just have a clear memory of that. Wicked. Uh, okay, so we're now kind of two thirds of the way through. Yep. This album. Let's do another quick break and look at the top ten singles. What I've done, again, this is nine weeks worth of stuff I could have picked. I've gone for Christmas week just to see what was going on okay. over Christmas. So this is the December 23rd to 29th. Right, number 10 this week. Oh, yes, I, I remember this so well. Oh, so wow. wow. I had this 12 inch. Nice. Oh, yeah. I think I might have as well. I can't remember. Yeah, this is blinding, so, man. I don't know why I'm not 
don't know what happened, what happened to that actually. Oh, yeah. No, I haven't got, got any. I haven't got any more. Yeah. Shame. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And again, it's it's novelty really to an extent, and it, it crops up on those best of the nineties, you know, ones yeah. that were just one hit wonders things, even yeah. though they had a couple of others. Yeah. But what a tune! Yeah. It's from the album Schubert's Dip. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad, bad. Ecstasy. Um, motherfucker, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. uh, number nine, MC Hammer's Prey. That's yeah, let's not play any of that. No, we're not. It's dog shit. Number eight is Snaps, Mary Had a Little Boy. Oh, God, that's awful. Yeah, he's shit that's awful. That's terrible. Yeah. Was that when, was that, that's when Snaps started doing their kind of weird kind of dance house thing, was it? Um, was it? Was it? I mean, it, it? It's far away from the, the brutalness of the part. Yeah, like the snap of a whip, I crack a tap uh, yeah. but No, it's it's more of almost a ballad, this one, I think. Ugh. No, it's just shit house, though, yeah. Shit house. <laughs> <laughs> you're a, sh- you're a <laughs> shit house, Turbo B. <laughs> yeah, alright, yeah, no, I'm not dealing with that. Terrible. Uh, number seven is Madonna's Justify My Love, which we will come on to. Yes, we will. Number six is The Farms, All Together Now. Good shame. Which we're going to have to do for 91. What, fucking The farm number one album? God. Mm. I don't see that being a good record. No, I don't either. Number five is The Grease Megamix, which was everywhere oh, at the time. Oh, God, it was everywhere. I remember all the fucking school discos and stuff yeah. that was... God, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I would have put that later than 1990. All right, yeah, 1990. Well, I suppose nearly at 1991. Yeah. yeah. Number four is Enigma's Sadness Part One. Yay. Which we're going to have to Sad. be talking about. Jesus Christ. I think, I, I think I'm going to enjoy that more than you. Oh, well, I think that's, I think that's inevitable. <laughs> I think <the> <laughs> if you I'm like gonna, that one song, I you're the, already I ahead. I think the thing I'm going to enjoy the most is watching your face while we review Jesus it. Christ. I can't wait. I'm, You've tried to talk us out of doing that one. I have, yeah. I'm not having any of it. (laughs) Having none of it. That's going to be the first one in 1991. Um, Number three is The Righteous Brothers, You Lost That Love and Feeling. Yeah. Number two is Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby. Okay. So that's that's when that was huge in the charts. But kept off the Christmas number one, unfortunately, by Cliff Richards' Saviour's Day. Oh, fuck me. This was so bad. Mm. Shit. Yeah, again. Just... Not one good bit thing about this. No, it's awful, it's awful mate. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a music, music music for people's aunties. Oh, God, yeah. It's, you know, people, for people who Daniel O'Donnell was a bit too risky. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's that was number one on Christmas Day, anyway. Uh, other things in the charts, though. There's some good stuff. Well, there's some other bits. Chris Isaac's Wicked Game. Okay. And that's a brilliant song. That's a great song, yeah. I really I love, love that. that. I love that. And I, oh, my God. That, that video made me well yeah oh my lord uh, Elena he, Christensen in that video that was not well, a formative moment oh there, Dave. Christ <laughs> anyway. uh, peaking at number 13 Dream Warriors my definition of a boombastic jazz star oh, okay it's Fair good enough. it's novelty pop yeah rap, but it's good fun there's no bush face in my sink well quite uh, number oh, I can't remember what this one was at uh, 808 State Cubic Olympic was yep. in the top 20 this week I've still got the 12 inch of that Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got seven of it somewhere. Nice. I think. Yeah, I, 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 I tell you the story. I tell you, uh, well, I'll tell you off camera. Actually, not camera, <laughs> but off camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, All right. Go back to that. My eight state story. It's, it's, not, actually, it's not that interesting. It's just about miss time and taking some drugs and coming up as the, as the show ended. Oh, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> that is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, peaking at number thirty-eight is James with Lose Control. Which I think is one of the best James songs. I, I love that. I can't it's an early remember one. that one. It's, it's really fucking good. I love that. Uh, number 42 is World of Twist with The Storm, which was, again, kind of a two-hit indie wonder, this one, World of Twist. Right. It's, it's, I mean, this one is more kind of psychedelic. 
but yeah. they didn't have a lot of good tunes. Can, they you, were, can you see me glazing over here? Oh, it, it, yeah, this is not for you. No. I think it's wicked. I think it's still at the 12 and that. That's the twist. Um, peaking at number 87, and this surprised me because I thought it got higher, unless it was re-released, is The Orbs, Little Fluffy Clouds. Oh, okay. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Uh, and at 99 is Teenage Fan Club's God Knows It's True. Yep. That was in there. Uh, other songs that were released in the nine weeks, and there's some some gold and some shit. Terry B's Murder, She Wrote. Uh, yes. I, uh-huh. I, of course that makes sense, because there was a Terry B interview uh, oh, with, with NWA on when they screened the Justify My Love video, mm. which I recorded oh, on a VHS and watched many times. I bet. Oh, right. Yeah. Fuck it, okay. Well, Terry B's there. Butthole Surfers released Hurdy Gurdy Man. Hurdy Gurdy Man, nice. Okay. And well, Cool J did uh, Round the White Girl, Mama Said Knock You Out. Yep. Run DMC released What's It All About, mm. which I remember really enjoying, because it's the one with the Fool's Gold sample, the bass line. I don't remember that song. Uh, no, it's not the album I remember being pretty shit. Okay. But that's a good single. Iron Maiden's Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter mm-hmm. went in at number one on December 30th. Nice. So it's officially the first number one single of 1991. Good stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm a massive Iron Maiden fan. That's it's an indefensible song. That's novelty, ridiculousness. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Jones, International Bright Young Thing, came out, which we're going to have to talk about when we do their album. And Pop Bleed itself's X, Y, and Z. Okay. Which uh, is is one of my yeah top pop ones. X, Y, and Z. No, it's it's spelled Z Z E E. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They've actually made me say it. Yeah. yeah, fuck them. No, I really like that song. So there's, you know, this is the whole nine weeks that we're talking about. All this stuff came out. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah, so it was a good period for that kind of alternative indie stuff coming through. Bit of hip hop. It was good fun. Cool. Good memories I have of a lot of that shit. But let's get back into the the last third of Immaculate Collection. Cool. So, track 13 we're going into, but just before we do, apparently uh, when she was going into labour, one of her, her pelvic twinges was better than all the rest. She called it her immaculate contraction. No, actually, that's not good. Uh, but when she was writing her autobiography, she developed this new programme at the time to help her find any spelling errors. Uh, it was her immaculate correction. Okay. Fun facts there. <laughs> fucking prick. <laughs> uh, I can't believe this has become a thing. I didn't sign on for this. This is It's what you get when you make me do compilations, mate. Well, I'm gonna start writing my own. Good. And they're gonna be a lot more elaborate. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, number thirteen. Express yourself. This is a cover of the NWA song. No, of course. <laughs> Baby. And this is one of the ones where it's much very evident that this is a remix rather than the album version. Yeah. This is a very different version. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is the This is the Shep Payback yeah. remix. And this is the definitive version. Well this, so. exactly, this is the one I think of when I yeah. express yourself. I had to go back to the, and listen to the album version and I was like, oh I don't even remember that bit. No. Yeah. Yeah, this is Madonna, Strident Powerful. Mm-hmm. Disco Diva Stomp, mm-hmm. Bang, you know, it's just kind of, I'm Madonna, you can't fuck with me. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm fuckable with Yeah, definitely. It, it, it's And even the video where it shows her in charge of, she's she's the boss, yeah. one of the men working in the factory or whatever, it is absolutely 
I'm the fucking boss. Yeah, it was a fucking man. power suit with those shoulders yes, on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Proper kind of, yeah. Um, yeah, this is, uh, this is again, like peak Madonna for me. This One is my, terrific. Yeah, I love really this Really good. Yeah, yeah I, I had this, someone put this on a tape for me, because I don't really remember this version from the time. Right. Uh, but someone put this version on a tape for me, and I loved it. Yeah. And alongside stuff like... Um, some of the Pet Shop Boys bits and some Depeche Mode and all all that shit. The synth synth era were really good. Yeah, if for some reason I found myself in a club and I can't imagine why I would, mm. and this came on, I would dance to straight it. up. Yeah, 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 straight up dancing. Yeah, uh, the video directed by David Fincher. Oh, okay. And, uh, did not know that. No, I didn't know either. Um, and it had a budget of five million dollars, which no. at the time was the highest ever budget for a music video. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah in nineteen ninety. It's still the third most, I think, adjusting for inflation, the yeah. third most expensive video wow. for music video behind uh, Michael and Janet Jackson's Scream yep. and Madonna's own Die Another Day. Wow. Which, again, if it, that's adjusted for inflation. How bizarre. I know. Die Another Day is such a bad Madonna song as well. Yeah, and that film. Oh my God, it's, it's one, of the worst one, one of the worst Bond Bonds films. Easily. I mean, like I said, I'm not a massive Bond fan, but God, that's, that's easily that's, I recognise a fucking turd when I've done it. Oh one. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, lyrically again it's a female empowerment don't settle for second best all that stuff mm-hmm. make sure you get what you deserve mm-hmm. you know this sort of stuff which I suppose had been it's, it wasn't a new concept in pop music but I don't think anyone had said it as vehemently as this at the time no I'm not, I'm really just pushing just, just go for yours honey you know yeah. what I mean it's, yeah. it's just a fucking great song Yes. It's just a great... And this is, again, song. this mix just pounds along. Yeah. There's no stopping it. It's no. terrific. And, you know, I mean, sh- this this kind of period of uh, of the Shep Pettibone stuff was just producing some real, real gold. Mm. You know, we'll get to another song in a minute. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this is... Yeah, this is just great, man. I, this is peak Madonna era for me. Yeah. So... No, yeah. I, I agree there. I agree. This, this would be... Yeah, if, you, if I had to specify a period of Madonna for her being interesting yeah. and producing stuff that I'm into, this might be it. Yeah, I yeah. would say so. Yeah. Uh, however, having said that, this next one, Cherish, mm. really off the same album as those two. Yeah. I just saw him so out of place to me. Yeah, I, look, I remember not loving this when this came out. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's still definitely not a favourite mm-hmm. right it's a bit saccharine yeah it's a bit of a mid-tempo uh, plodder right but there are some very good bits in it mm-hmm. like like that the, the the Romeo and Juliet bridge right yeah, that, yeah. the way the way that's phrased and the way it's in <laughs> that's, that, that's really great it's like the way okay. that kind of follows right, through that's a nice little Clip. Again, really nice outro on it where it kind of goes into that kind of uh, the, the acapella bit and the yeah. doo-wop with the finger click. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, again, not a favourite of mine, this no. one at all. But yeah, I think it does enough to belong on the record, on this Greatest Hits record. Do you? Yeah, I do. I, th- I, oh, I, I do. I don't know. Right. I think, yeah, I, I think it needs to be on here. Okay. Canonically, if nothing else. I, I mean, I also, I also think Tribute Blue should have been on here well, and causing just... a commotion, but... Okay. But I would admit, if you'd said to me, here are the, your choices, I would have put True Blue on instead of this. 
But then I suppose you'd have more from the Tribute album than you had from. Yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I could, I could argue the toss on it, but this was a big single. This was a massive, massive single, right? Okay. Tribute was as well, but um, mm. yeah, I, 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 I think there's some good stuff in this. Yeah. Um, I don't love it though at all. No, I, exactly. I don't think it's a bad song, mm. but a, I think someone else that wasn't Madonna should probably have done it and had a bigger hit. Mm. You know, it sounds like more of a teeny pop thing that she had done in the past yeah. and was trying to get away from. But B, it just, it reminds me of whenever Cher did the Shoop Shoop song or Phil oh, Collins did uh, Can't Hurry Love. It's yeah. that sort of harking back to the, to the do-wobby kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It sounds it sounds a bit forced to me. Fair enough. Yeah, it's not, not my, my thing. I did notice, though, that Marilyn Martin is on backing vocals who did separate lives with Phil Collins. Nice. I like that tune. Okay. I do like that. But that's all I have on this one, really. Yeah, no. It's, it's I, a bit fluff. Yeah, a bit fluff. It's, yeah, I mean, you know, sitting as it does after Like a Prayer, mm. Express Yourself, yeah. and before Vogue. Yeah, that's it. Does, maybe that's why I'm thinking songs out of place. Yeah, I, 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 I do buy into that. I completely do. Mm. The the fanboy in me is preventing me from wholeheartedly agreeing. Okay. But yeah, um, the, the journey that we're on on this album. Yeah. That, it is a, you know, if it went. If it went straight from Express Yourself into Vogue, that would be a better... Yes, definitely. That would be a better flow. Definitely. I don't, I don't... Yeah, I wouldn't argue that. And there was some really... Good, there was some really good kind of, like, darker stuff, like, kind of more sombre stuff on the Like A Prayer album. Uh-huh. But weren't singles. Right, so, so yeah, you can... Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's a placeholder, realistically, there, in that case. You think I should put Dear Jesse on instead? God, No. Uh, Neil, uh, you have to email him about it. He's, <laughs> he's not on Twitter, but you will get him on the email. Yeah. No, I don't. I can't see that working. Okay. No. Right. Let's move on to the next one, which uh, is Vogue. Yeah, sorry. I've kind of fallen into that one a little bit. Looking at Vogue. This is fucking stunning. Oh, it's a banger, mate. Yeah. This is so good. No, no, again, another pretty much perfect song. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you know, fucking don't believe, don't really come at me, motherfucker. Do you know what I mean? Come yeah. at me. If you don't think this is a great pop song, you're an idiot. It's <laughs> brilliant. It is brilliant. Uh, is, is this another Shep Petty yeah. production? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of the start of that, you know, very kind of club centric. But so, you know, this, you know, this kind of, uh, kind of held note, this little kind of little build here. Striking him still. I can't stop it. Uh, I'm unstoppable, mate. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, this is obviously, you can see her getting more and more into the dance culture and introducing that to mm-hmm. the wider world. Yeah. Uh, this is almost a, a progenitor of house music towards the 90s. It's, it's right, it's seeped in that culture absolutely the dance the club culture absolutely you know um you know she, you know shit pettybone is a is a club is a was a dance music producer mm-hmm. um is a dance music producer and yeah i mean this is you know it, it's just uh, it's one of those perfect tracks where someone takes something that's happening in the underground mm-hmm. and makes it palatable for the mainstream but 
and there's two ways that, that that happens. That's that's either you know something that that is a, a real dilution of something and yeah. ends up being a bit distasteful. You know, I mean, yeah. you, could, you know, I mean, I wouldn't personally, but you could argue, you know, like vanilla ice. For sure, yeah. You know, uh, or it can be something like this where it's just, it takes the thing that it's inspired by and, and makes it into this kind of pure pop it Crystallises it. Yeah, mm. exactly that. And this, you know, this song is is never not trying to be a pop song. And that's oh, sure. And I think that's where those things go wrong sometimes, you know. And this is, uh, you know, again, this is another one of those pretty much perfect pop songs on this record. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I love it the the rap you know the kind of yeah. Betty Davis I love you yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of that breathy kind of vocal perfect man. it fits really well it, it is a strange one that it's it's just her naming iconic film stars yeah. but it fits in beautifully with that and also helped loads by the video because yeah. it's all about that sort of look the classic film stars look mm-hmm. and so it works brilliantly for yeah that. and you know I mean. If you if you've got a kind of an interesting new uh, dance form, that's always quite a, uh, a quite a good thing for a visual medium. Well, yeah, indeed. There's another David Fincher video. This one. Oh, is it really? Another one. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah, the video for this is brilliant. Because yeah, so the first time I saw that, I couldn't. I, I I almost didn't understand how they were doing those moves because it looked like they were dislocating their shoulders and yeah. making those weird it's so fucking out there and the funny thing about this song is it was originally just supposed to be a B-side for one of the like a like a uh, prayer singles really yeah they, they put this together they put it together on a really low budget mm-hmm. and it was just supposed to be a B-side uh, and then the, the record company heard it and went this is this is a number one single oh I see let's, let's hold this back so this 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 is I don't know if it, it was recorded during the like a prayer sessions but it was certainly done the song had been around a I while. See. And it, I mean, they put it on I'm Breathless, but... But yeah, this is the one that's off that This song does record. not kind of fit with the rest of the tone of that record. I, I Actually, when we were talking about I'm Breathless mm. the other week, I completely forgot that this song was on it. Well, you wouldn't assume. I mean, I, again, have never heard the album. I don't intend to. No. But I would have assumed it was all stuff like Hanky Panky because yeah. that was the feel of the film and stuff like that as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. shout out to at Necro Hippie who came at me pretty hard about uh, the I'm Breathless album. Oh, yeah, she was a big fan, wasn't she? She's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Louise. Oh God. Um, yeah, you're not an idiot. I'm just wrong about this subject. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, also, I think it was around this time that she uh, brought out her own range of sweets. Oh, fuck off, Chris. Yeah, they were really good, man. Oh, they are the immaculate confectionery. Yeah, 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 of course they were. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Mm. What else have we got? Have we got um, <laughs> when she was? Um, oh, I like this guy. She was. She was. Uh, she was with a, a boyfriend mm-hmm. and he got the uh, the best hard-on she'd ever seen. Oh, okay. The, the Immaculate Erection. I see. I haven't got that one, no. Okay. Yeah, I haven't got that one. No. Okay. Um, uh, the only other one I've got is that apparently she has the whole range of exfoliating creams in her bathroom. Oh, yeah. The Immac Collection. Oh, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. <laughs> but, you know, after this erection stood there, she, mm-hmm. uh, she pulled a sheath oh, yeah, down yeah. over it. Mm-hmm. And that was the, uh, the, the Immaculate Protection. Oh, or contraception. Yeah. I thought where you going with that. Yeah. 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 Good. Well, yeah. I, see, I'm glad you joined in. Yeah, and then do you hear about when she she uh, she was running for mayor of her local town? Yeah. No, I didn't, Dave. No, I mean, she she, she didn't get it. Um, she must have run a good campaign, though. Yeah, yeah, it was an immaculate election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. See? It's a fun game. Yeah, and then she, you know, she's got a uh, unopened copy of the uh, a recent movie 
by um, it's going to be fun what, it? what's, what's, what's the director's name um, yeah, she's got a, she's got an unopened uh, Blu-ray of a film starring fucking what's his name what's his fucking name I'll, I'll start this again <laughs> what is his fucking name um, he's in loads of Martin Scorsese films used to be a pretty boy Wolf of Wall Street what's his fucking name DiCaprio yes alright yeah, film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, apparently she's got an unopened DVD, mm-hmm. Christine, mm-hmm. Uh, of a film starring Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio, where mm-hmm. he goes into people's dreams. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, an immaculate inception. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, do, you, do you want me to keep going with these? Uh, no, not really. Okay, because I could do them on the fucking spot. Mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you say, you say on the spot. It's been five minutes. <laughs> I'll edit this down to 40 seconds. <laughs> Only because I couldn't remember who Leonardo DiCaprio was. <laughs> anyway. Right. Well, that, that's Vogue. Let's move on to one of the first two tracks written for this album. Yeah, an original. So, Justify My Love. Familiar beat there for a Public Enemy well, fan. Indeed. Yes. As she quickly finds hope through yeah. lawsuits. Lots of breathiness. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this is. I want to kiss you. Pretty simple track. This really. Not very much so. It's it's basically that beat, some samples, and her like basically doing phone sex. Yeah, I mean it is yeah. it is that it is a bit like fucking. My favorite game to play with Justify My Love is to replace the lyrics that are done by a northern man. Okay, I want to make love on the <laughs> on <a> train <laughs> cross country. <laughs> that does oh. throw an entirely different light on oh, it. Oh, I want to see your knickers, but it's like <laughs> I mean it's. Lovely. But, I mean, this is this is kind of proto trip hop, really, isn't it? I see what you're saying. It kind of is, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's if you were gonna if you were gonna put that into a genre, that would be the closest genre to it. It's that mm-hmm. hip hop break beat, but with the kind of the, the the kind of the you know the trippy kind of. Since yeah. Lenny Kravitz co-wrote this song, yeah, producer on it, yeah, and yeah. some of the backing vocals. Wait, yeah, assuming that means. People going, ah, that's Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, again, I am aware of the flaws in this song. Mm -hmm. This is is Madonna moving into what would become the erotica sound. Yes. Uh, And, and, you know, that's where, you know, for me, like that erotica album was, you know, not completely successful in the way that other stuff that she had done was. As she went off down that path, um... Well, it was kind of more shock over substance, that one, yeah. wasn't it? But again, the I think the main problem with that stuff that followed was that I was on my own path. You know, I was, oh, I see. Okay, you know, by by like ninety one, ninety two, I was deep, deep, deep into into kind of hip hop and you know finding out about metal and alternative music. Oh, sure, but like it also didn't perform as well, did it? Erotic? No, I don't think it did. Um, erotic, erotic, put your hands all over my body. Yes. Um, but yeah, so but I mean, I I do still really love Justify My Love. Mm-hmm. I still, this is a good a good tune. You know, this uh, this 
I've got a lot of like illicit memories about this song, like you yeah. know the the band video, yeah. the kind of, you know this the, you know again this is this is coming out nineteen ninety. I'm well, so this is coming out nineteen ninety, yeah, yeah to nearly nineteen ninety one. So yeah. I'm I'm fifteen basically, yeah. Uh, and you know I love Madonna. I pictures of Madonna on my wall, mm-hmm. uh, and you know the whole kind of sex era stuff. It was you know it's exciting and yeah, and know, the video for this because it was it was banned. By MTV, etc. Was obviously. of course. So, yeah. but was it shown on Channel Four? Was it one of those? Yeah, it was, well, it was shown on the Word. Oh, was it? They, they showed right. they they showed it like specially on the Word. They, it was like, announced, like, yeah, right. the, the full thing, and I you know, taped it, it off that. Watched it a lot. But it was because um, it is just kind of lots of S and M imagery, cross dressing, yeah, uh, it, transgender people. It's, it's it's all kind of relatively tame by today's standards. Oh, sure, but no, absolutely. In nineteen ninety four, as a pop video, yes, you had you had stuff like Bowie's China Girl on that yeah. before, whatever. But this was. It's really out there. It was super racy, yeah. Super, yeah. super racy. And, you know, it was obviously done deliberately to get banned. Of course. You know, they they, they knew exactly what they were doing. They mm-hmm. were just, it was, again, Madonna as provocateur. Yeah. Like, milking the media to sell her product. And, yeah, and again, perfectly. Because perfectly. there was a huge outcry around this. Oh, yeah. And, it, yeah, she, she played them like a fucking orchestra conductor. Yeah. And, you know, it really affected the sales of this album, as we can tell, mm. as it's the fucking 13th best-selling album of all, of all time know, in the UK. Crazy. Yeah, um, the, the single re- reached number two in the yeah. UK in the end. So it never was one, but yeah, it got yeah. to two. I'm surprised that this song did as well as that. Because this is, mm. you know, this is not a, a catchy song in the way that a lot of her other songs are. No, it's if you think about it, she doesn't even sing at all, really. No. It is just that breathy vocal, but it has got that that the, that line in it, which is uh, you know I've I've just taken that line as a guiding light throughout my life. That mm-hmm. line where it's just like poor as a man whose pleasures depend on the permission of another. That's good, and I've always been like, yeah, do you know what? That's a fucking great. Mm. That's a great way to live your life. No, that is it's, yeah. Do what you fucking want to do, guys. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Don't don't hurt anyone else, but do what you want to do. Yeah. The, um, the, the video for for this uh, again, I, I watched it for the prep of, of uh, recording here it has a very dreamlike quality to yeah. me you know it's drifting in and out of rooms dream mm. imagery and with that beat behind it mm-hmm. it's that like almost am I here am I hearing this from another room sort of stuff it's like I'm not sure where where it's going on. Well, it's got it's. I mean, what you know, what that reminds me of is you know, back in more hedonistic days, the kind of fug you might find your brain in as you're in like a, you know like a warehouse party mm, or something sure. like that, as you're trying to drifted between rooms right. and everything. I mean, never yeah. never as pristine, white and cool as this. I didn't get invited to those kinds of parties. Well, no, um, but yeah, that kind of yeah, that kind of druggy fug yeah that kind of dreamlike kind of narcotic state you find yourself in yes definitely yeah definitely yeah it's, it, it, it's, I mean it's a great I mean it's, it's is it a great video I don't know it's I think it works brilliantly for this song yeah. because this is a very different feel of a song and it's a very sort of minimalist stuff it's, it's more images than story or anything like that but I think it does work really well. Yeah, I mean it's a little bit pure, really. Oh well, it's when you when you when you strip it down and go, well, this is what this is. It's, well, it's a bit look at me. Oh, totally. Well, but it is. It's entirely look at me. Oh, here's some tits. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think as as a piece of art, again, it works really well uh, for the the whole thing. Yeah, it, it is soundtrack works brilliantly with the visuals and vice versa yeah I think it's a really good whole piece whole piece 
Hey! Hey! The one thing it did make me think was, I think I would be terrified if Madonna wanted to fuck me. Oh, God. I would be... I'd have to run away because she'd be doing stuff I'd never heard of. Look, I think one of the best things about being in your 40s is you come to terms with the fact that you have nothing to offer any famous women. Nothing, no. Nothing. I, you know, like I, I have... Like women in general. You know, if someone says to me, oh, I'd love to sleep with Beyonce, I'm like, why? What's that? What's in, what is in that for her? <laughs> nothing. No. It's like, you've got nothing. I've got nothing. I'd, I'd be... It'd be a waste of everyone's time. Yes. You know, I, I'd have a story, but my story would be about the time I really disappointed Beyonce. <laughs> And it's like I can live without that. I've mm. got enough failure in my life. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean, I, 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 know, I know well enough that, I, you know, I, you know, they say never meet your idols. Never sleep with your idol. Never do any of that stuff because what's their story going to be? Oh, yeah, I, I slept with this schlubby 43-year-old man. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know why it, how it came to it, but it was the worst thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, yeah, I mean, he farted afterwards. And <laughs> <the> jury. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm, no one's a winner in that sense. I don't want that kind of control anymore. Do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awful. Oh. Talk to me about his hemorrhoids. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me if I put one back in. <laughs> uh, he's really enthusiastic about, enthusiastic about this podcast he's yeah, got. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah. stop shut, shut up about that. Yeah. Mm. There's a picture of an Irishman over the wall. <laughs> yeah. Looking it dead in the eye and masturbating. <laughs> anyway. Right. We are nearly at the end of this one. We've got one more track to go. Okay. Which is Rescue Me. Disco, yeah. dance floor territory. Yeah, yeah. Big diva vocal on it. I'm absolutely fine with this song. It's solid. Mm. I don't think it really belongs in this compilation. It, I don't think it's very memorable. I, I no, remember it, but no. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, it's, this is a song that because I've listened to this album a lot, I know the song quite well. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's. It's a song recorded for this, sitting next to a body of much better songs. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you, you say, you were talking about Cherish, you said, I've put True Blue on this. Yeah, I, I mean, I I think the, the fact that True Blue causing the commotion, Who's That Girl, which are all big singles, aren't on here. Mm. Uh, and that is, I, I don't think that's an omission. Uh, right. But then, wasn't isn't it basically the law when you release a greatest hits album, you put two new ones on there? That seems I, I, to be what record companies. I mean, do. I say, I suppose that is the case. Um, and I mean, I I was reading that this one wasn't even gonna be a single. They were never planned it to be a single, but it actually got played loads off the back of the album on radio. Yeah, that they decided, okay, let's do it. Fair enough. So it, at the time, it must have been a bigger thing than we remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I mean, I don't remember this being a single. I must admit. Right, uh, there's a, a a slew of remixes by Shep Pettibon and this is fucking hundreds 
So right. I'm guessing this was a big, big club record. Oh, fair enough. I can. I mean, I can see that. I can see that. It's. <laughs> I'm sure it's a very danceable track. It's, you know, it, for me, it is. It's the slightest record on this compilation. I wouldn't go that far. No, I because I think this is actually punchier, and I would prefer this to Lucky Star. Mm, uh, no, I'm not not for me. I think yeah. I, I think you know, kind of Lucky Star and uh, um, Holiday Holiday are iconic enough in terms of the comp. You know, because mm. you know those are big Madonna songs. And they are they are iconic for sure. They don't stand up to me at the test of time. I yeah, I, I don't think I can. Being, I don't think I can separate that. No, I'm to, being more objective than you can be. I and think. I think, and I think that's, I think that's absolutely fair. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, mate, the only way I would know is if, I, if I'd never heard them when they came out today. Yeah, indeed. Um, okay, so that, that brings us to the end of that record. Absolutely. Uh, and my opinion has in no way changed. I still think that is. Yeah. I think it's remarkable that you can take the singles essentially from four records. Mm-hmm. And create not even all of them, yeah, yeah, and create a a compilation that's that good and standard. Sort of. Well, it's been borne out that it is a brilliant best of by yeah. the fact of how many it sold and the position yeah. it holds. I I would be curious just in terms of if you played this to a twenty year old today, hmm. would they go that is a brilliant collection of songs? Who knows? Or would they go yeah, it's all right. There's a lot of good stuff on there, but it's you know. Yeah, I mean, who's your, whatever? Who? Who's your? Who's that? Oh, he's some pop artist. Is it? Is that yeah. someone? Yeah, exactly. Got a couple of decent tunes. Oh, okay, fair enough. But yeah, as a just as a touchstone, it's, it's no whatever is number one. It's no fucking. Oh, I don't even know what's going on these days. All right, mate. It's all bitch pitbull, isn't it? Is it still Neo? I don't <laughs> Neo. Yeah, so I mean, look, this, this is this is a brilliant record. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about it? I think it is terrific. As, it, as I said, I never owned it. It's the first time I listened to it the whole way through. Was okay. for this. I knew absolutely everything on here, obviously. Yep. But it is a, a great summation of her to date. Not to date. Her to date in 1990. No, it's, it's wicked. It's wicked. Uh, there would be a couple I'd swap out. There would be a couple I'd go, don't put the seven minute version of that on. So it's like, not... A hundred percent, but it's ninety nine percent. Yeah, I mean, I would. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I, I think very, very unnecessary to have a seven minute version of Lucky yeah. Star on there. That's track two as well. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 not necessary. I mean, they did release in the UK a um an, a, a, a thing called Holiday Collection, mm-hmm. which was the full version of Holiday with Causing a Commotion, uh, Who's That Girl, and True Blue on it. Oh, okay, as like a compi- as a companion EP. Oh, I see. All right. Um, but yeah, I, that that's my that, that's my only my only beef with it is I wish they'd put those tracks on. No, hey, fair okay. enough. Everyone has their their favourites. So if yours is another, you go. Yeah, why, why is it on? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're not even my favourites. I just, I just, you know, I just feel like they should have been on there. But anyway, yeah. great. Well, that wraps up every mm. original album we're going to talk about about nineteen ninety. Then indeed. So what are we doing next, Dave? Well, next week I think we're going to do a uh, we're going to do a special. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about what our favourite ten albums each from nineteen ninety were. Indeed, because we're that self so fucking important. I know. Yeah. So, so uh, this is, okay. So this is you know, and we'll, we'll talk about the criteria a bit 
more, but we're just gonna, you know, we've, we've listened to a lot of stuff that we wouldn't normally listen to. Obviously, Immaculate Collection, I fucking listen to all the time. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, next, we're gonna talk about some of the records that, and it's not gonna be the stuff that we were listening to in 1990. Oh, God, no. It's the stuff that, that, when you look at the list of what was when released. When you look at what was released, yeah. you go, these are the records that I still listen to from 1990. Exactly. What what are the ones that have stood well? Yeah. Or, you know, or, or, or have had the biggest impact, I guess. Well, true. Yeah. We can make arguments for that too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. exactly. All right. So that's next week. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I better start writing my list. I better start thinking about it. Yes. Yeah. Maybe we'll record this one in two weeks. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> Anyway, just tuning in as always, guys. Uh, you know, get in contact. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review if you're on iTunes. All that stuff really, really does help us. It helps us uh, gain visibility and gain new listeners. And the more we gain new listeners, the bigger our egos get. And uh, we buy gold bars to sit on. Nice. And yeah, I'll do. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Say ya. <laughs> Pop, Collaborate and Listen is produced, in the loosest of terms, and edited, if you can call it that, by us two amateurs, which is why it sounds like it does. If you do want to get in contact with us, and we would love you to, you can get us on pclmusicpodcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at pclpodcast, Instagram at pclpodcast, facebook.com slash pclpodcast, and you can find all of this info as well as links to our Spotify playlists and that sort of thing on our website, which is pclpodcast.com.